Can I can I get a welcome, Guardians, please? You read the intro already, Jesus. I don't know if I I don't know if I remember how to do this. Welcome, Guardians. Welcome, Guardians. It's May 15th, 2016, and you are listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 26. Uh, this week, we're going to continue our look at some of the factions in the Destiny universe. Um, last week, we started out with the uh, the faction wars and went pretty deep into New Monarchy. No, we didn't. Uh, last week, we talked with Morla. Last wow. episode... <laughs> God damn it. Wow. Damn it. Drop slash. <laughs> you forgot about Morla. I didn't. No, I didn't forget about Morla. But, yeah, it was. It was last, uh, the last episode about <laughs> factions. <laughs> Dang it. I don't even know what to say now. I guess this week, uh, though, we're going to be a little less colorful, a little more monochrome in uh, getting out of the tower a bit to talk about the best orbit, which is the dead orbit. So let's <laughs> best do orbit. this. Best orbit, dead orbit. With me, <laughs> I've got Drop Slash. What's going on? Not too much. Uh, having hilarious conversations about uh, Mayhem, which is a, the playlist this week, <laughs> and I'm going to miss it when it goes away. Yeah, absolutely. I've had a great time in Mayhem. It's been fun stuff. Uh, uh, we also have... Handsome Dragon, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. What have you been up to? Um, I have made a few changes in my life. Um, I've gone completely Defender Titan with with my Titan this last week. Yeah, I've noticed and that. May, mayhem has been a lot of fun. It's been really good practice for it too. But just it's I listened to the uh, Crucible Radio. Uh, their interview with the uh, it's the Destiny Fun Police. The Destiny oh, Fun really? <laughs> and uh, his like that's his whole thing is he just mains Defender Titan and he just goes around and ruining everyone's fun. And it's like it's very satisfying just going in and you hear someone pop a super and you just you know where they're gonna come. You know, especially if it's a roaming super like a Blade Dancer, Golden Gun. You know they're just gonna charge around that corner because they're extremely confident hunters and you can just pop that suppressor grenade right in that doorway and Boom, they're gone. <laughs> no super. Or Sulfrez, Warlocks is the best. You know, you'll kill them, and then they'll just immediately revive, thinking they can get the jump on you, and you just throw the grenade at your, their feet, and super gone. <laughs> <laughs> I love those videos. They're so funny. Yeah, it's really satisfying to throw your grenade, start dancing, wait for them to wait for it to go off. There's uh, Fireborn to go away, and then just pop them with a shotgun. It's very fun. Well, our last fire team member for this evening is straight from the uh, the microphone store, Gavel Ratchet. What's up, buddy? <laughs> I just got the most amazing screenshot of Lakshmi looking like she's about to lean in and kiss me on the cheek. <laughs> Deal well, with it. Nice. <laughs> Why wouldn't she want to kiss you on the cheek? Ooh, I mean, she did it again. Yeah, I, see? It. I see it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's happening. Well, anyway, new microphone. Working on the audio for everybody, since uh, everyone likes to complain about our audio quality. 
Um, <laughs> not everyone, I guess, but but we 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 still you know we we're working on it. We're not pros. We uh having fun doing this and and doing our best, and we'll continue to we'll we'll get better. Uh, and I think this is another step towards it. So hopefully we see some improvement this week. Um, for sure. And if, and if we don't, well, sorry. Um, what do we got going on? So we're going to talk about some of the uh, the stuff going on with our our good buddy from Dead Orbit. Uh, but before we get into that, let's uh, let's look at, at some of our announcements and uh, thanks and and whatever else we have going on. So. Our T-shirt campaign wrapped up, but a couple of the campaigns uh, mysteriously restarted, or we started them? I don't know, but there's eight days left on uh, a couple of the a couple of the campaigns. You can go check them out uh, at represent.com slash store slash stories. We'll have some links in the description and on our Twitter uh, and Facebook, apparently. Uh, I know we've got a <laughs> Facebook and... Gabble, I guess, didn't know that, and there was this weird conversation going on about that earlier. But yeah, we have a Facebook page. I think Beta kind of runs that, so we're not yeah. all privy to what what's happening over there. Yeah, but I think I signed into it once, and then apparently I activated something at. I wasn't supposed to, and I got, yeah, and I got yelled at. So then I stopped <laughs> signing into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so there's that. We've got we've got the the t-shirt campaign kind of still going on, and we've seen a few people that. That have theirs and sent us some screenshots and and pics of them in their their new gear. So if you want to do that too, send it to us. We'd love to see you wearing our shirt and and love to share it with uh, with some of the other listeners. It'd be it's it's fun stuff. So um, I've got a I've got something here that I want to want to mention real quick because it, I feel like it was kind of a little hidden shout to me specifically. Um, like I said, I frequently go through and check any new reviews on iTunes and Podbean and, and anywhere else that, that people can can comment about us. And we got this one recently uh, and it was it, it, it goes like this. Longtime Destiny player, Alpha Onward, recently gotten into lore. Excellent source for stimulating lore related discussions. Keep up the great work. Long live Rankin. Well, if you weren't aware Rankin is a little nod, I think, specifically to me, um, and here's why. The gentleman who is credited with the discovery of uh, X-rays in on November 8th in, uh, in 1895 is Wilhelm Conrad Rankin. And so, for a while, they actually called uh, radiology, and they still some people still refer to it as Rankinology. Uh, just because that's kind of his thing, um, and it's it's uh, it's pretty it's very interesting actually how this guy got his got his start. I won't go into it too much, but uh, he was he studied he was a physicist and studied uh, the effects of gases and and came up with this this uh, process to basically he he would I'm trying to think the best way to describe this he would pass a, a, a current through this gas-filled tube at a, that was at a very low pressure, and that current would cause uh, these these photons to, to basically accelerate and, and shoot out. And at the time when he was doing this, he couldn't really control where they went. They just kind of went everywhere. And since then, they've been able to, you, they can kind of focus these. But essentially, they were going fast enough and strong enough to penetrate through material. 
And the thing is, though, only a certain amount would would make it through the material to this other uh, substance, and it was it was actually um, oh, what was it called? I got it right here somewhere. Uh, but it would cause it would cause this substance to fluoresce, and that fluorescence would then expose like a film. And so because it the light would because this this ray would go through the body and interact with the bone, not as much of this ray would make it through to cause this this substance to fluoresce, causing it to expose the the film. Therefore, it would it would produce an image that would look like an arm, but where the bone was, it was lighter, and where the soft tissue was, it'd be darker. So that's kind of kind of the first first uh, X-ray, and actually the first X-ray that was ever taken was of uh, Wilhelm Conrad Rankin's wife's hand. Uh, it's pretty iconic if you ever look at it, or at least for me it is. That's I always think about that when I, I see it. But anyway, that's a little little X-ray lore for you there. Uh, again, I was back in 1895 whenever whenever this was discovered. So. Um, have you ever x-rayed your wife's hand? Uh, no, I've x-rayed my hand. Um, probably more than I'd care to admit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is it like when you're a tattoo artist, do you test on yourself? When you're an x-ray tech, do you test on yourself? Uh, yeah, I don't think I was really testing on myself as much as just kind of kind of fooling around. But here's an interesting thing. <laughs> like sticking thing. your face in the copy machine? Uh, certain <laughs> certain tattoos actually show up under x-ray. Ooh. Because of the, especially like jailhouse tats, where they use like, oh yeah, kind of kind of like soot material you wouldn't gritty materials, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. And you can actually, I've I've X-rayed a, a few, a few jokers with some some tattoos that showed up under under there, and it was it was pretty it was pretty neat actually. I, I have to I have to admit it was pretty amazing to see that. At least for me, again, it's like if you, you know, as you being a photographer, drop if you had some just kind of mysterious like. Sh- not shadow, but just just uh, you know something that really enhanced your photos that you couldn't really you couldn't explain or couldn't duplicate at will. You know, yeah. it, it's just uh, it's pretty pretty amazing. So, all right, we'll move on from the X-ray stuff. I I could actually go on about this. It's super fun stuff to me. I love it. Um, what do we got going on? Oh, we actually got an another awesome email, um, and it relates to our new monarchy episode i think drop wants to take this to talk about it a little bit uh, but it it uh we had a little conversation trying to figure out what the red hand meant and uh and this is what we found out go ahead yeah we got an email from uh tenuk uh jim uh he sent us an email that immediately upon reading i wanted to kick myself for uh but he brings up the red hand is a reference to john milton's paradise lost in the book, a red hand is the symbol of divine wrath, of righteous fury. Uh, when one of the characters, a demon named Belial, tries to argue against provoking heaven into a war, fearing that the red right hand of God will meet them in retribution. Uh, and he included the excerpt here. And I'll read the excerpt. Uh, <clears throat> Chained in the burning lake, <clears throat> that sure was worse. What if the breath that kindled those grim fires awaked? should blow them into sevenfold rage and plunge us into flames, or from above, should intermittent vengeance arm again his red right hand to plague us. And that is from uh, 170 to 174 in Book 2 of Paradise Lost. So he says, I'm kind of a literature nut, so when I heard your show, I knew I could help. It fits the motif, too, with the illusions of righteousness, retribution, divine wrath, royalty, justice, and new monarchy's gear. Uh, The source for the red hand reference makes perfect sense. 
And he's absolutely right. And then reading this, I felt like a complete idiot because I had just watched Hellboy, <laughs> where <laughs> oh, right. he is referenced as the red right hand of God. And even when that <laughs> right. movie ends and the credits start, they play the song Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. So I feel stupid for not catching that, but I'm really glad he sent us this email. Uh, and in that first line, also here, uh, chained in the burning lake. And for a long burning time, lake, I think yeah. we've debated in the lore where burning lake is, because that's something that Shax mentions uh, in the raise lighter card. He talks about uh, how they barely eked out a victory at burning lake. So that could be another reference here to, to paradise lost. Uh, did you just say that Shax was New Monarchy? Well, this is the other thing I totally forgot in that episode as well, <laughs> is that Shax wears a variation in all the Kalopolis gear. Uh, if you go look at Shax's armor and then compare it with the full set that you get from New Monarchy, it's very similar. <laughs> Those sweet fur collars. Ah, oh, they're so good. I wish that New Monarchy <laughs> had the horned helmets, though. Oh, yes, yes. Would that be enough to, to move you from dead orbit? No. Okay. Never. <laughs> Well, let's find out why. But it's also worth that, mentioning that the oh. the demon mentioned here, uh, Belial, uh, is Belial's mentioned in the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, specifically in one of the scrolls called "The War of the Sons of Light Against the Sons of Darkness," which is thematic to Destiny as well. Nice, that's awesome. So, thank you, thank you, Jim, for sending that in. Uh, an awesome little sort of correction for the new monarchy episode. Yeah, and anyone else? I mean, if you hear something we're talking about, send us send us some uh, an email or, or get a hold of us on Twitter. And you know, we're like I said, we, this is the I don't know. We we seem to do this fairly often when people have have some great insight. We will give you credit for it and we'll we'll throw it in our in our show when we can. So thanks. Yeah. And we've talked about in the past where you know Bungie is an enormous studio, so a lot of times in Destiny you find references on top of references buried inside references and you know just as us researching we can't catch them all so it's awesome to have the community chime in with something they're particularly uh, knowledgeable about all right on to some ignored lore i don't remember did we we last last episode uh, about new monarchy we uh we only had like two pieces of gear but this time we uh we found some more so this will be some fun stuff uh this one is the how do we say this the takanomi takanomi the takanomi uh, rangers set. yeah i'm gonna yes this is a great episode for me this is both the dead orbit and then this is all about hunters <laughs> not really these are so the rangers are where the hunters before there were hunters so normally i read these in order starting with head but for the particular takanomi ranger gear it starts with the gloves and then works from there so uh and even at the beginning here, so the, the word ranger only really appears a couple times in the grimoire. Uh, and they appear when they're re- talking about Tevis Larson, uh, who is the hunter from the uh, Night Stalker quest. Probably one of my favorite characters in the game. Uh, he's referred to as a ranger. And we don't know if he was maybe one of the Takanomi rangers and then became a guardian afterwards, or whether it's just a term that's applied to him. And that reappears again in the Night Stalker's cloak, uh, which quotes, We are the rangers, the keen-eyed scouts who stalk in the darkness where it dwells. But anyway, so Takanome gear, I'm sure you've seen it if you're a hunter. 
it, it feels like every single blue item in the game decrypts into this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I turned in eight uh, engrams for like the class items, and every single one was the uh, the ranger cloak. Yeah, it's like the the cormorant line for warlocks. Yeah. I think you get that every time. Yeah. <laughs> so, and all these are quotes by somebody named Chiyoko May who it seems like is either a scholar of the Rangers or was one of the Rangers. So <clears throat> so if Takanomi Ranger 1.0 and 1.1, the gloves, and they read, In the Dark Age, before the safety of the city, before the rise of the tower, there were only the Rangers. Then the body reads, Armed with sniper rifles, Takanome's Rangers gave cover to countless city-bound refugees. Takanome Ranger boots, <clears throat> You couldn't get far on one life alone, not in those days. And the helmet reads, eventually the Guardians took over for the Rangers. Now some say that Ayane Takanomi was a myth all along. Then there's the hood. In the darkest days of the Dark Age, camouflage was our only defense. And then there's a specific one called Ayane Takanomi's cloak. Uh, it says, Ayane Takanomi was no Guardian, but the city still remembers how she and her Rangers secured the refugee roads. So it's a cool little story here about prior, like when the first city was being rebuilt prior to the Guardians, the, the Rangers were out there. These are like the, the proto hunters for the most part. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of cool because it kind of throws it out there that there could still be kind of little groups like this out there that's not Guardian led. You know, people just out in the wild still kind of they're just fighting their way through in little groups. Yeah, and that's something that does get talked a lot about in the lore is, and we're gonna again like it relates to talking about the factions here, where the factions are primarily non-guardian organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the group, although I guess the group running the uh, last array were guardians, but there's there's groups of humans who still go out and do things. Uh, so the rangers, it's interesting that they. They talk about the rangers fading, possibly fading into myth, uh, versus sort of like widely known. This Chioko May certainly doesn't believe they faded into myth, uh, but it's like it's pretty cool. It's like a these are human humans taking charge of of their rebuilding, not necessarily relying on anybody else. Fun, fun little story on Hunter stuff that you've probably sharded into a million armor parts. <laughs> I know that I have. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, let's. It's awesome. I, I uh, yeah, I get the the Takanome stuff all the time too, and it's fun. But yeah, now it's annoying. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, on to Dead Orbit. I'm gonna read this uh, this Dead Orbit Allegiance recruitment. It will not be easy. New battles await us among the stars. But we would rather fight on our terms than stay crouched in the coffin as the darkness closes in. We possess the hope the Traveler gave us with its dying breath. We will not allow this hope to wither on a dead earth. We will seed it amongst the stars. So, that's... So, in in that very statement... Dead Orbit sort of posits itself as the exact opposite of New Monarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems very much like Dio and New Monarchy were the probably two of the original factions because uh, they're so diametrically opposed. 
and then uh, future war cult, sort of the outlier. So, and this next line is important too. I put this in here. This is from Arak Lind. Uh, we are not fatalists. We're optimists. We believe that life exists beyond this dead orbit. Those from the heliopause gauntlets. Uh, and then I have a little blurb here. So this is just about the sort of the tenets of new monarchy. So having mostly given up on the traveler and with little faith in the city's ability to hold out against a major attack, uh, dead orbit intends to escape an already dying earth before the darkness's return. Uh, but there's some interesting notes here. We talked about this with about like the executor's mark and things during new monarchy. Uh, but says they're even willing to cross new monarchy's legal authority uh, to achieve this end. Although we debated what legal authority new monarchy actually has. Uh, and they understand it'll be costly and, you know, running from the earth is not going to be an easy thing. I mean, humans tried it once during the collapse and that didn't work out so well. Mm. So is are they repeating an, an old mistake? Is this history repeating itself or do we have the means to actually do it now? Yeah. Well, they seem to be under the uh, the mindset of you know the darkness already came here once, you know it kind of got pushed back by this this traveler by this last hope, but now the traveler's dead or sleeping or non-responsive, yeah. you know, for, for all they know, and you know there's nothing keeping the darkness from coming back and finishing what they started. So why are it's like so in their mind why are we sitting here? in this coffin, yeah. this dead earth <laughs> with this dead god well, when this universe is yeah. out and there. And we know from Oryx that the traveler paints a giant target like right on the city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so let's go into the grimoire for Dead Orbit. Uh, and I'll note here that we talked about the new monarchs was the original sort of like uh, trademark issued uh, by Bungie for new monarchy before it became new monarchy. Uh, and Dead Orbit was originally trademarked as Dead Orbit Foundries. Uh, hmm. And we know that they're not a current foundry as we know them, like Amalon and Hake. Uh, but their equipment does say the superb technicians. So there's a on their weapons. So maybe there's that's a, a subtle nudge to the fact that Dead Orbit may have started as a foundry and then later became a faction. <clears throat> so the Grimoire for Dead Orbit reads... Uh, the Traveler is not our only salvation. Another future lies out among the light of other stars. Dead Orbit's theology has developed from mere fatalism into an obsession with the worlds beyond Earth. Now their focus is on building the building of a star-faring fleet cobbled together from the ashes of our past and the spoils of war. Uh, so... I mean, we so we know there's a lot out there, right? We know that there's... We know in game that there is sort of beyond there's colonies and life beyond the reef, beyond the asteroid belt. Mm-hmm. We know just from Fenchurch Everest, you know, he's having parties on Jupiter somewhere. Uh, so getting off Earth may not be the worst thing, right? Even so just within our solar system, you know, we can get to the outer Jovians, the nine are out there somewhere, but we've colonized those. Uh, you know, there's huge speculation that uh, the Deep Stone Crypt is out on one of the moons of Jupiter. We know the moons of Jupiter, even now, in our current time, 
uh, there's a couple of those moons that are very, very, very Earth-like. So colonization isn't outside the question. Like there's, you know, there's only one city left on Earth. So relocating everybody's not really that big of a deal to leave Earth behind. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that that also falls under the question, though. We know that the traveler's light protects the inner solar system. So what do you risk by going beyond that? Uh, and there's also this the starfaring fleet. They're the they're the only faction that is ever specifically mentioned as having resources like a fleet, like a fleet, a legitimate fleet of ships. Uh, you know, New Monarchy keeps it keeps it in the city, keeps it down home, and future war cults flying off in all kinds of future and past directions. Uh, but in the here and now. Dead Orbit's got a fleet of ships, so we, who knows what that might mm. prove in the like in the future? That could become hugely important. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that the Mysteries Salted Glass Three card, I believe. Yes, yeah. that kind of hints at that too. That I think we're going to cover that a little bit later. And you have a note here too uh, about where where is the fleet? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's yeah. Hopefully, maybe Destiny Two, we kind of get you know a grander vision of all these little details about you know where is the rest of new monarchy like we know that they have this you know mini army or whatnot that was able to take out uh was it conquered yeah. at the at bannerfall and, you know whereas all we have is the executor you know where's where are the rest of new monarchy where's this fleet for dead orbit you know where's the the warriors of future workholds you know, so hopefully we kind of get more in depth. Well, our ninjas are sitting right next to Lakshmi. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, there's there's mentions in the grimoire about the location of the machine for Future War Cult. But yeah, like if this mm. fleet's really that big, where they where is it parked? I mean, we've mm-hmm. we've like when you're just in orbit, you know, just flying around any of the planets, there's no indication that there's a, a larger fleet out there anywhere. It's probably not hiding in the reef because that is sovereign <laughs> territory of of the Awoken. Yeah. It can't really be beyond the reef. <laughs> so where are they? Where are all those ships parked? Yeah. Although also Earth is huge, right? And there's only one city on it. So, you know, maybe they turned all of North America into a hangar and they're all parked in there. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sick. <laughs> uh, if they would let us explore some of the dead zones, maybe we could find out. <laughs> <clears throat> so. So, like all factions, where there's a Grimoire entry and then there's a Ghost Fragment entry, the Ghost Fragment entry for Dead Orbit is crazy. It's uh, very crazy. This is still a big ongoing mystery. There's two big ongoing mysteries in the Dead Orbit Grimoire entries, and this is the first of them. Uh, Dragon and I are going to get into a fight about what some of this stuff means, but let's let's dive into Ghost Fragment Dead Orbit. Uh, this is kind of long. Do we need to read all of this? I mean, it's kind of interesting. I think it's pretty cool. <clears throat> I think it's probably worth it. All right. So I'll start with the first part of this, and we'll, we'll take it. Hello? Uh, hello? <clears throat> Are you... Oh, please, let it be alive. Wake up, little ghost. Wake up. <clears throat> Just please give me some sign that you're listening. All right. I don't need... I don't... I know that you're listening. Why would you be out here if you weren't here to? It's a miracle I found you out here on this thing. I didn't know the Traveler sent its ghosts out this far from home. Poor little lost thing. Please wake up. 
I am an Arak of dead orbit. I am the last of the crew of the Sophia, and this place is... It doesn't have a name. We call it A113. How long have you been here, little ghost? Why did you come? Listen, we came here on behalf of the fleet. We were scavengers. 61 days ago, a dead orbit scout detected an unknown presence in stationary orbit around Ceres, 133 West. Looks golden age by the signatures human of small stations. No prior records. We... So I'm going to stop there real quick uh, to... Oh, I did. This is record 978 Eclipse 4165. Uh, 978's the area code of the town I grew up in. So, this is an Arak of Dead Orbit talking to a ghost. Uh, <laughs> this said the line here, I didn't know the Traveler sent its ghosts out so far from home, to which I said I didn't know Dead Orbit sent its Aroks out that far from home. We don't know what Arak this is. It's not Jalal. Uh, but we know that there's five, I think there's five or six Arux mentioned currently uh, in the Grimoire, mm-hmm. so this could be any one of them, maybe, or be one we don't even know. Uh, I love this note you have here about A113, <laughs> Dragon. Yeah, it's pretty, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I, kind of, I was trying to figure out if there's any hints for A113 out there, what it could be. And it's apparently like a kind of an inside joke, like an Easter egg in animated films. Um, it was from uh, the alumni of California Institute of the Arts. And A113 is the classroom used by like, graphic design and character animation students. And it's actually, you can actually see A113 in every single Pixar movie. It's like always in like random spots, like a license plate or an address or just like random things. And there's a lot of Disney movies have it in there too. That's awesome. Maybe we have maybe there's an ex Pixar person working at Bungie right now. Yeah. Uh, I noted that fleet is capitalized in this paragraph, uh, but the big thing here is that detected an unknown presence in stationary orbit around Ceres. So this is happening before the Reef Wars. Uh, we talked about this when we talked about the Reef Wars. Ceres was destroyed by the Harbingers. Marasov destroyed it because the wolves were hiding there. So this station, uh, it's in stationary orbit, which is a, a geosynchronous orbit, so it always appears in the same spot. So as Ceres rotates, this rotates with it. Uh but yeah, this happens before Ceres was obliterated, so it's it's a bit in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then no prior records. I know how is this surprising? There doesn't seem to be any records of anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I find that kind of an interesting quote there too, where he says no prior records, because then later he says, you know, tell them to strike it from the records. <laughs> But there are no prior records, so... <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's get to that part right now. Uh, I suppose we should have disclosed it to the tower, but we didn't. I didn't. That was my call. We wanted it for ourselves, whatever it was, for the fleet. If we told the tower, maybe they might have sent a guardian, not of our making instead. Doesn't matter now, does it, little one? If I ramble, it's because I haven't slept in seven days. 7.5 days ago. That was when the Sophia dropped into the belt. They saw us at once. We dropped and the alarms went off and that was the end. It was the end right then. But they let us go for another 7.5 days, didn't they? The alarms, hostile scan detected, an awoken ship had us in its sight, 
just a couple hundred kilometers away, like it had been waiting for us. It could have wiped us out of space right then, but instead it crippled our engines and our comms, and then for days it just played with us like a cat. We limped halfway around the belt, and it was always there. We had been in the Sophia 1.5 days ago. We jumped ship for A113. I don't know what else to call it. I don't know what it was built for. There are these things, like keyholes. The rangefinders say they go on for thousands of kilometers. The others went inside and found, well, some of them are still screaming about the eye. All the other voices that come back are more terrible. There's salvage here, but it will never come home. None of it. None of it except you, little light. Little ghost, sorry. Wake up. (laughs) Wake up, go home, and tell them to strike A113 from their records. Tell them to forget the Sophia and the mission and her crew. End record. So, yeah, so this A113 is a terrible thing. Um, I mean, note here that he hasn't slept in seven days, which seems like a really long time. Uh, But the world record right now is 11 days. So, seven's not that bad. I get and for, right now we don't even know what the nature of oh my god I just sorry I just looked over at my screen and Gabel has his helmet off <laughs> and it's a nightmare. Jeez, <laughs> uh, that is terrifying. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, this does this. I mean, this makes perfect sense, right? You, the dead orbit ship flies into the sovereign Awoken territory, and the Awoken hunt them down. Do we think this is an Awoken trap? Uh, you know, he mentions that it seems like they were waiting for them. Like maybe this, the Awoken knew of this thing and knew that people would come looking for it, so they just sort of use it as bait. It's very possible, but then you know they don't even know. But there's no records of it, so it's. I don't think they were specifically out there looking for this. Well, I guess they did have that ping. Yeah, they said it, it came across. Get, yeah, so, yeah, it's. How do they detect this like ancient golden age crazy station, but not the awoken ship that was hovering around it? That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, what did <laughs> the awoken have stealth drives? I don't know. Uh, so yeah, but that awoken ship chased them around the reef and it made them so desperate that they jumped to A113. And again, maybe this was an awoken ploy to get data from the inside of 113. Like they wanted to see, maybe they had sent people in there who never came back. So they, they tried to push some somebody else into it. Yeah. Well, and, well, we do know that the queen had, you know, she had the reef kind of hidden. So there's... You know, there's a good idea that she had some sort of oh, that's true with this point. That yeah, because this is before the reef hidden. wars, so the mm. reef is still hidden. Yeah, there's, so there might be some technology out there, something that she, some power that allows them to stay off scan until until attack or something. They're like the the Romulans, the Klingons. <laughs> uh, yeah, just reading about like just the descriptions on this thing is it's like you know it really makes you question like what this what a113 is you know it's that mentions the keyholes and the rangefinders say they go on for thousands of kilometers like that's that's a pretty big keyhole yeah and then people who come back screaming about the eye so if you've listened to this show at all or if you play destiny at all like you're probably pretty aware that the portal that leads to the oversoul throne is called the keyhole 
uh, and the Oversoul itself sort of looks like a giant terrifying eye hovering in the sky. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is intended to be that A113 somehow had torn a hole to the Ascendant Realm uh, or anything along mm-hmm. those lines. Uh, I mean, the other implication of an eye could be like a Gate Lord eye, like a, the portals Maybe open to the Vex uh, Gate network. The eye of... Uh... Sauron. <laughs> oh, man. oh crap! I'm gonna go One does on. not simply keyhole into Mordor. The uh, shoot, the Books of Sorrows, the Vex. I'm blanking on the name. Who's the, the Greater uh, Minds? Curia uh, Blade Transform. The Curia, Cur- yeah. Maybe it's like the Eye of Curia. I mean, that I mean, it's possible. Like these, these keyholes could have been Vex Gate Network. Like we don't know this whole thing though. If anybody's out there has ever seen the movie Event Horizon, yeah, that's what this reminds me of. Like in Event Horizon, the gravity drive, you know, bends space around it. They travel through and they travel through a chaos dimension, and then the ship itself becomes alive and a a keyhole to that nightmare world. Hmm. Uh, so whether that was maybe the inspiration for this. Uh, I don't know, but I love that sort of idea. Not not a lot of folks make it out okay if you've seen that film, so I can't imagine anybody <laughs> from Dead Orbit made it out of this place okay either. Yeah, and you know, people there he says they're still screaming about the eye, and then all the other voices that come back are more yeah. terrible. So it's it's pretty. Uh, so I like I would I'd crazy. love it. I mean I think it'd be pretty cool if this was a space station that had like accidentally torn a hole to the ascendant realm. Uh, you know, golden age humans would have no idea what that is, and the hive were around. I mean they've been around from millennia, uh, if not longer. So accidentally ripping a hole, and who knows? Like maybe this was the maybe this right here this is how the hive originally learned that the traveler was in our solar system was that these people on this station tore a hole into the ascendant realm and crota looked back from the other direction was like hey what's that out there oh it's the traveler we've been hunting for the past bajillions (laughs) of years Uh, so whatever the implications of this are we're not totally sure but it seems like there's a lot of potential here Yeah, and then we have that last line. Um, he says, wake up, go home, tell them to strike A113 from the records, even though it wasn't in the records already. <laughs> and tell them to forget the Sophia and the mission and her crew. And and maybe it was just the way I read it the first time. And but the, I read it as Iraq not wanting the tower or you know the Vanguard or, or even Dead Orbit at, back on Earth to know anything about this whether it's it's from wanting to keep it secret or wanting to keep the rest of them safe from it but it, it that just sounds like to me that he's or he or she is trying to burn all bridges that connects anyone from wanting to come back out here yeah and i read it as this is you know a doorway to a nightmare hellscape don't send anybody else out here. Mm-hmm. But then I put in the notes that it doesn't matter if it's struck from the records because it must be destroyed now anyway. And so <clears throat> I, to me, this is, so this thing was orbiting in geosynchronous orbit around Ceres. We know in the reef wars, 
the Harbingers are released by the Queen and they destroy Ceres. So to me, that means this thing probably went along with it. The Harbingers aren't exactly known for their precision damage. These things are like weaponized chaos. They destroy everything in their path. Mm-hmm. So if this thing was in an orbit around Ceres and Ceres just got obliterated, I have to imagine that this thing got obliterated with it. Uh, yeah, it's like probably likely. Yeah, so we don't we don't know what its capabilities are. We don't know if the Araka board you know had a way to preserve it or move it out of orbit or move it further into the reef or anything like that. You know, the Yeah, and that's that was a thought I had too and this is kind of what we kind of went back on a little bit was you know that he says they they jumped ship for A113. So they kind of what however many of his crew was left or her crew is did does it say if it's he or she? I don't know. No. It's yeah, the Arak. So yeah, not indicated. Yeah, the, the Arak, yeah. So it's you know, they're him and or the Arak and his crew jump ship, however many of them it was. And while there were these crazy things like the keyholes and the eye and these voices, you know, that was just some of the things there. So they may have found a way to you know, stay on the other side of the ship or whatever it was and avoid that and find a way to move it out of stationary orbit and you know and you, i guess we don't really know for sure but the, i guess the the voice i got out of it was that they while scared and somewhat terrified they were still somewhat in control of at least their motive or their plans and their i guess direction yeah well, it's also like, so if anybody was still alive by the time the reef war, and this is also weird too. So, you know, the Awoken knew this thing was out here, uh, mm-hmm. but somehow the wolves stationed on Ceres, like they took over Ceres. They, the wolves never found this thing as far as, yeah, so as far as we know. Yeah. So that would be kind of another thing for me saying that maybe it wasn't there anymore by the time the wolves got there. So maybe it somehow did. Maybe it got pulled into the, one of the keyholes by itself and it's floating around ascendant space. <laughs> or maybe, like you said, it was a trap and you know the Awoken put it there for that. It was by Ceres at that moment, and maybe the Queen moved it and put it somewhere else. Oh yeah, that's that's for a, a future later trap. Yeah, maybe they just sent like some tow ships out and dragged it away. I get the feeling the Awoken didn't want to go near this thing. Like that the they knew that it housed some kind of like existential terror and didn't want to send their own people aboard. Uh, yeah, it's almost like they were toying with them to see if almost to push them, to force them to go there. Yeah, to almost test out, see what it was, to see what effects it might have on this crew. Because yeah, like the Oaken didn't want to. I'm sure the, if it was if there was some sort of negative, you know power there i'm sure the queen felt it and knew it and and that's crazy too right so if they did if these these were keyholes to the ascendant realm it means that the awoken have been aware of the existence of the ascendant realm and that that these doorways to this other sort of parallel you know dimension exist way before anybody on earth did or the tower or guardians Mm -hmm. like we didn't find that out until we went down there with uh, our fire team to avenge Eris with whatever her diabolical plan was to beat up her ex-boyfriend Crota. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I 
Maybe this is the keyhole that Savathun goes through before becoming Marasov. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm joking. All right, well, I'm going to come back screaming from that. And... So, but this is this is like an ongoing. This is one of the big ongoing mysteries of Dead Orbit. Is this a one one three? And I also wonder if maybe this is a nod to, and I'll bring this up, the Cassini derelict. Uh, so the Cassini derelict was originally a location in Destiny before it was cut, which is a giant ship or a fleet of ships that were abandoned in the rings of Saturn. Uh, and there was, supposedly they were going to have like secrets of the collapse and things like that, but then they were, ended up getting cut from the game. And I wonder if this card is sort of a nod to what would have been found aboard the derelicts uh, if they had been left in the game. Uh, and it's not just a funny name. Uh, the Cassini Hugens is currently, right now, uh, is a NASA program that is exploring the rings of Saturn. So it's not just a name they made up. It's an it's an actual real life thing. I think you can actually like follow the uh, Cassini satellites as they explore Saturn and its rings. So eventually, I guess we'll send ships out there too, and then they'll become abandoned and then get cut from the game. I don't know. <laughs> cut from history. <laughs> Strike them from the records. Yes. Uh, but also. You know, if that ghost made it out, that means there's a ghost flying around somewhere with all this information. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. whether that ghost made it back all the way to the tower, we don't really know. But now, well, where did we find this ghost? Well, yeah, that's the thing. So like, the, the potential exists now that we could. Gavel, do you have the same weird face? Oh no, you swap places. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my mind over here. Uh, <laughs> Maybe sitting around in the tower together isn't the greatest idea. Only because you left. Uh, so yeah, this, this, the, the potential to discover this ghost somewhere is... And who, maybe the ghost made it all the way back and did tell somebody. Uh, you know, Maybe Dead Orbit knows about this. Maybe the, the speaker knows about this. Like, Who knows where this ghost ended up. But that's that's one mystery, so let's keep moving forward here. Uh, so let's talk about Arak Jalal, the uh, our 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 gorgeous Awoken representative uh, for Dead Orbit in the Tower. So this comes from the Grimoire entry, Dead Orbit Faction Rep Arak Jalal. So Arak is a title, a Dead Orbit title. It's not his name. Jalal is his name. Uh, Jalal is a man driven by the ghost of a dead future. Critics accuse Dead Orbit of nihilistic fatalism, and Jalal will be the first to agree that the Earth is lost. The city is a fatal trap. The Iraqs have no time for sentiment. Only an alien miracle prevented human extinction during the collapse. Jalal dreams of the disappoor to come. Human Humanity ascendant scattered across the scar- stars, too far flung for any single threat to reach. Jalal's utilitarian practicality drives him to bend laws and break rules in the name of Dead Orbit's great project. When the ultimate goal is human survival, any sacrifice can be justified. So, a little insight into... It's funny considering 
the philosophies of Jalal, right, of of this guy. Because these philosophies are actually similar to New Monarchy. Uh, you know, only an alien miracle prevented human extinction during the collapse. So we, we've got to do something. Like, we've got to take it upon ourselves to do something. And I will... We're willing to use any means possible in order to to protect mankind. Like, it's any sacrifice is justified when the goal is human survival. Like, in, in that, New Monarchy... Uh, and dead orbit are very similar. So. But just well, it's it's, like, it's interesting that he refers, you know, or at least would agree that the Earth is lost and this, the city a fatal trap. Yes, I think that's just an interesting way of putting it. I guess. So. Well, I mean, again, like we said, you know, the with with the traveler here, it is just like painted like a giant target like hey here here it is here's the thing you're looking for it's right here and all the rest of us who are left after this tragedy are parked right underneath it <laughs> like uh, so also uh peter stromare is the voice of of arak jalal and he's awesome <laughs> uh i wish he had more lines just because i love hearing him speak he's a really funny guy so many good characters too. I mean, just he he sets the tone for a lot of movies with his characters. Yeah. I always I always remember him as uh, he plays Lucifer and Constantine, uh, and he's so good. He's so good in that end scene. Uh, I always think of him as the cable guy. <laughs> I'm here to fix Don Cable. <laughs> I bet you can guess what happens next. <laughs> All right, so yeah, Big Lebowski. Sorry if anyone yeah. didn't know that he's yeah. he's he's in that movie. He's a nihilist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also remember him from Fargo. He's in Fargo too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's he's great. Uh, I love. He's like the perfect voice for Jalal. So it's uh, you you can tell like in his, some of his inflections when he speaks. We'll get to the, some of Jalal's quotes, but they're just they're perfect for the way that. That's Tramari delivers them. Uh, okay, well, in this dead orbit faction rep text, uh, we have a man driven by the ghost of a dead future. Ghost is not capitalized here. I think this is just a phrase, ghost of a dead future. It's not mm-hmm. like a ghost from the future came back <laughs> and and drove Jalal. He's being he's being led by a ghost yeah. from again Jalal like Executor Hideo, not a guardian. Nihilistic fatalism, bold, bold stance to take uh, when you're facing down the last. I mean, it is the last city in all of mankind, but <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the extreme of extremes. Yeah. <laughs> so and then we thought that the city is a fatal trap. Yeah. Uh, so the current Iraqs. So there's Iraq Jalal, who is our representative, but there's also mentioned in the text our Iraq Henry. Lind, Modesta, and Parnell, uh, along with Jalal. So there's no... I, I've thought for a while that maybe the double vowel in Jalal's name uh, was a nod to Dead Orbit, but it may, that just may be a awoken thing, as Jalal is awoken. 
Yeah, and then there, I think there's there's two spots that I can think of where it's mentioned says just says a rock but doesn't give the name. Yeah. And that being in the the ghost fragment we just read, and then um, the mysteries. One, which one is that? The Taking Champions. Maybe. Yes, that, and then we'll talk about that one. Yeah. And this is this is interesting too because an al- only an alien miracle prevented human extinction during the collapse, and we've debated that heavily during our Warmind and Rasputin discussions. Uh, sure, the we believe it's sort of like this the pulse wave or the wave of light that emanated from the traveler is yeah an alien miracle, but that may not have been the actual like if. If it had been Rasputin that sort of forced the Traveler to do that, you know, Earth was very much saved by a being of Earth, by the AI Rasputin. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and then you have humanity, you have Ascendant. Highlighted yeah, Highlighted Ascendant. It's not capitalized here, uh, but Humanity Ascendant seems like an interesting phrase considering how much the word Ascendant has been you know, featured in the game recently with the Ascendant Realm and Ascendant Hive and you must become Ascendant and what that represents. Uh, so Humanity Ascendant is a an interesting phrase to use here just because it could indicate the desire for a lot more than just sort of escaping the stars or escaping our solar system. But in this case, you know, I probably just think that's what it means. Yeah, and then that last line kind of just reinforces that mentality for dead orbit of, you know, whereas even when the, the, the darkness first came, you know, there was, we had colonies kind of spread out through the solar system, but it was still, everything was kind of clumped in, like the majority of humans were on Earth. Yes. And so yeah. it was like one single thing target basically for an enemy to destroy and pretty much all of civilization as we knew it was gone and you know his now his dream is you know for humanity to be scattered across the stars you know too far flung for any single threat you know so one even if the darkness came and took out a section of you know of humans or awoken you know it wouldn't destroy their civilization or their race or the people they would, they'd still be scattered too far for one enemy to take out and we there's no mention really in the grimoire about interstellar travel uh everything sort of revolves around our current solar system uh and nothing really beyond that has been discussed in terms of how far golden age humans got mm-hmm. so this bend laws and break rules thing, uh, there's a quote from Shax here that says, uh, Dead Orbit is up to something. I don't know what they're planning, but their agents are fond of pulling guardians aside and whispering to any who will listen. They want nothing to do with the Traveler, and if it we're up to them, nothing to do with the Tower. <laughs> so. so my question is, why haven't they been banished by the Speaker yet? <laughs> is their fleet too large? Yeah, so, I mean, well, that's the scared. thing, right? So if Dead Orbit really was a foundry originally, they may have access to tons of weapons. And if mm-hmm. they do have a massive fleet of ships, it the tower... You wouldn't yeah, want to Yeah, you can't just afford to, like, <laughs> kick them out. Yeah, but, like, that line right there, like, that seems pretty spot on with Osiris, and that was, you know... Why he was banished, you know, Toland was kind of 
the same thing. Didn't want anything to do with the Traveler or the Tower, and he was banned. Well, Tolan didn't have a lot of followers. Osiris did. Yeah. Uh, but, well, that's, I mean, so, you know, they kicked out uh, the Concordat, but before they did, they wanted to give the people aligned with the Concordat the option to realign themselves. So there could be a serious fear here that, you know, if they kick out Dead Orbit, not only taking humans, they'll take a ton of aligned guardians as well. And the tower can't really afford to lose that many guardians. Yeah. So. Then, so that's that's what's happening sort of inside the tower uh, when it comes to Dead Orbit. Uh, got a little bit of history here with what they've been doing. We have sort of their their factions, they're begrudgingly hanging out here in this particular tower. We have Arak Jalal, who's our representative, and what his philosophies entail. Let's talk a little bit of about Dead Orbit as they occur outside of the city. Or not necessarily city-related, uh, per se. So... <clears throat> I'll take this one because it's my favorite mission in the whole game, uh, The Last Array. Uh, <clears throat> so, for anybody who's listening to the show, you guys know that The Last Array is my favorite mission of all time. I wish it had a hard mode. I wish it had a super hard mode. I would never leave it. Uh, I think it is the perfect combination of sort of like music and action and exploration and story. It's just really well put together. <clears throat> So the grimoire for the last array reads, A terrestrial array was Dead Orbit's hope to reconnect to the lost colonies of our inner system. You succeeded where they failed. Though Rasputin seized control of the array, that only strengthens our resolve to break the old Warmind's firewalls and enlist its help in the wars to come. We much reached, we much re, must reach Rasputin and make our case. Commander Zavala. And in herein, you find Zavala's fatal flaw, where he believes that beating something up will make it turn to your side. <laughs> Some, Sounds like a titan. Yeah. Zavala, breaking through Rasputin's firewalls will not endear Rasputin to you. He's just going to make him matter. Uh, well, maybe if we punch it a couple times, it'll like yes. it. Yes. Please go up to the array and punch the control panel as many times <laughs> as you can. Thanks, Zavala. How did he get the Vanguard? Oh, never mind. We talked about that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and that, that mission even opens up saying that, uh, you know, a team of Guardians working for Dead Orbit were were sent out to discover the last array. Uh, we find their dead ghosts with codes to the array on it during the course of that mission. But next we have Dead Orbit in the Grimoire for Skyburners. And I'm not going to read that one because I've read so much already. <laughs> Go for it, Gabble. I was going to say you do that one and I want the next one. All right. All right I'll take this one. <laughs> all right. The second fleet will wait no longer. Commencement will begin on their arrival. Cryptarch translation of Skyburner Chatter. Rumors of a yet-to-be-deployed Cabal fleet have long haunted the Vanguard Hall. Hidden efforts unveiled the Phobos fleet base's houses, or house what is merely the first wave of a full-scale celestial demol- demolition fleet, codenamed Skyburners. Ghost scans of the ships and reports of a large Zion presence have Warlocks anxious to learn of their weaponry. 
Dead Orbit assures the city that the Skyburner fleet poses no immediate threat to the city. Alright, so the first thing I think you had highlighted was the, uh, the word hidden. Yeah, it's tough because this is it's the first word in a sentence, <laughs> so it mm. could be capitalized because of that, or this could be Ikora Ray's hidden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hidden efforts unveiled the Phobos. Yeah, I'm willing to bet that it is the uh, it is Ikora Ray's hidden. Yeah, that's I think it kind of it sounds like it to me. Yeah, just the the phrasing of it sounds like a a group more than just spies yeah well okay maybe but not. then it would be the hidden's efforts would it what, i mean wouldn't it <laughs> if it was the secret We're, service would you say the secret services efforts or secret service efforts it, it kind of means the same thing i don't english so this is <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a little later though, um, it does it does mention that you know the <clears throat> excuse me that the warlocks were anxious to learn of their new weaponry. Yeah. So I mean that could be another kind of nod to that. Yeah. Which I thought I like that line too because you know a lot of times you know if you hear a, reports of a large scion presence, you know you might be you know kind of scared or anxious of the attack and the warlocks are anxious to learn of their weaponry well they're probably so anxious like just their thirst of knowledge the last time we found three scion flares we sent the hunters out there and all they brought back was fancy colored capes <laughs> right maybe go find out maybe what they're the doing up there to get something out of <laughs> send the hunters up there we murdered them and we took their outfits <laughs> so we got next time capes. send the warlocks is this is this what you wanted <laughs> Like no, you're supposed to find the war mind hidden on Mars. We don't care about it. <laughs> no matter how frab just yeah, <laughs> they are pretty good they looking. Pretty... I need the void one. That's the only one I need. I've I never gotten. Any I've of never gotten any of them either. It's you gotta grind it during Nightfall week. I got uh, one of my buddies. He's like he plays. He'll be he's the most hardcore Destiny gamer for like the first two three weeks that it's out, and then once he reaches that top light then he doesn't care unless there's some item that he really really wants for his looks <laughs> like, and the flares <laughs> are one of the things that he really really wants and so every time that's the nightfall it's like we'll grind it like five or six times because the the chances for those drops are like tripled yeah. during the nightfall well the last time there was the nightfall it had uh airborne and solar burn so that jumping golden <laughs> gunshot could one hit ko them Oh my, <laughs> my team went in and That's we all awesome. had raise lighter. So the second they That's appeared, awesome. we just raise lighter them <laughs> into <Jeez. yeah. laughs> orange dust. <laughs> uh, but this last sentence, so the last sentence here, dead orbit assures the city that the Skyburner fleet poses no immediate threat to the city. How do they know that? I mean, that's a, that's yeah, a big assurance. Kind of discussed it. Yeah, like we, you and I kind of discussed this drop just in the comments, and you know, there's a couple ways you could look at it. You could look at it as maybe, you know, that we know that Dead Orbit probably has some more presence in, you know, in space with their fleet. Maybe they're they've got scouts out there, so maybe they have more assurances of knowing the direction that this fleet's going. Um, I read that as maybe they're maybe they're they know that their fleet is large enough to handle whatever comes. 
So that's pretty insane, though, right? That the dead orbit fleet is as large or as strong as a cabal fleet? A, yeah. celest- a full-scale celestial demolition fleet, codename Skyburners. Now, like, now remember, though, too, I mean, it says no immediate threat, right? So that means, what? Mm-hmm. what's that mean? You know, I guess okay, we're true. safe for the next couple days, but... They might, yeah. They'll be here in three, <laughs> so get get, get ready. <laughs> well, we know the yeah. So we know the Skyburners were based on Phobos, and they were the team that crashed. They smashed into the Dreadnought, right? That was so. Maybe it could be that the Skyburners got sort of distracted because they had to deal with the Oryx situation, right? Uh, but we also the Cabal have never really ever focused on Earth. Like they right. showed up on Mars and never really pushed beyond Mars. Uh, so mm-hmm. they could have they maybe dead orbit knows that the cabal just don't care about Earth. Well, they didn't until we yeah. went in there and. Well, yeah, that's them. the thing, right? Like yeah. Yeah. they were fine well, there by themselves, and then we went out there with our Gallarhorns and sparrows and just started destroying them <laughs> without any kind of uh, like well, limits. Because the the flares, they were there. You know, wasn't their purpose was to try to find the the war mind on Mars. You know? Theoretically, Charlemagne. You know, so yeah. if they think that this is, you know, that war mind is still on Mars, and if they think that this is still a necessary tool, maybe to destroy, you know, the Guardians, you know, sending an entire fleet of Zions <laughs> to Mars yeah. might be their their goal, and so then in that sense, the city doesn't isn't under any threat because. They're going to Mars. <laughs> and we've talked about before the Scion Flares pulling Phobos out of its orbit, which is why it appears so large in the sky uh, mm. in Mars. And then the Vex are there, and there's all the Vex confluxes. The gate to the Black Garden is on Mars, and the Cabal have scanned mm. that. They sort of understand what it is, but they don't know exactly what it does. I think there's a... Th- At the end of that mission, when you have to go find the gate, you know, Ghost says the Cabal may not... You know, the, the cabal sensors are extensive when it comes to the gate, but they might not even be sure exactly what it is. So there's a lot of interesting things for the cabal to find on Mars, uh, mm-hmm. but they don't seem to have any interest in pushing forward. To, or again, except for maybe now, because we marched in there and killed a whole bunch of their dudes unprovoked. <laughs> they maybe they've decided that they're just going to roll over us with whatever their yeah. celestial demolition with gigantic steamroller or something. Yeah. Well, and then after we, you know, stopped them from. You know, uncovering the war mind on Mars, maybe they just figure, okay, we'll take the war mind on Earth then. <laughs> yeah, or that's yeah. So this is, and this is one of those things that's heavily speculated for future expansions, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, the cabal rolling up, you know, with eleven bajillion ships and being like, oh look at, you know. Yeah, a cabal raid on Mars called Charlemagne's Vault sounds pretty uh, pretty good. Um, I'm more concerned with ten thousand cabal ships. Annihilating our solar system. <laughs> how about a cabal? Yeah. How about a cabal raid uh, aboard their flagship? That'd be fun too. As long as I can use my sparrow. I get the feeling the cabal hates sparrows. They would shut yeah. down that grid if they could. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get cabal jetpacks. Ooh. Instead. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. All right. All right. Your this turn, is all Gable. you gabble. <laughs> all right, so... Oh, God, I clicked on the wrong thing. This is Mystery <laughs> Vault of Glass 3. A starfield. 
The stars swing slowly across the ghost's field of view, just darkness and the blazing fury of distant suns as the ghost tumbles through empty space. Hours of this before, with a wash of power, a huge convoy of ships drops into reality from warp. A convoy of guardian craft, hundreds strong. Ships of all sizes and shapes can be seen, from venerable craft that have been salvaged from the Golden Age through the city designs to vessels that have yet to emerge from the shipwright's hangars. The ships are battle-scarred. Many are barely space-worthy. As warp drives wind down, several seem to lose power and begin to drift. Some of the largest craft bear imagery familiar to frequent visitors of the tower, dead orbit symbols, the simple icon of the vanguard, the new monarchy and future war cult as well, though fewer examples can be seen. Others bear symbols never seen in the tower to date. Every single ship, from the largest cruiser to the smallest personal craft, carries shards of stone, remnants of the city and the tower, banners too, torn and tattered, worn from entering and leaving warp. The fleet is only visible for a few breaths, less than a minute. Then, with a massive flash of light, the fleet jumps on. The craft that have lost power are left behind, spinning and whirling away from the etheric wake of their powered fellows. The ghost spins on, and soon enough only stars fill its field of view until the fragment ends. All right, take a... take a, a cool card. Take a breather. It's like the most you've ever said in an episode. <laughs> <laughs> you you sounded amazing, by the yeah, way. Yeah, hell yeah. It was a great, great read and great card. I love great these Mike. cards. Yeah, this is this is a fantastic card. Yeah, tell us well. about it. <laughs> so, do we think this is a vision from from Future War Cult's machine? Like one of the possible futures? Or is, it's just one of those inevitabilities. Where does this... I mean... So where does this ghost even come from? This ghost, like, <laughs> did it fall out of a Vex portal? Did it, did it, did they stick a ghost in the future War Cult machine and send it flying off into the future somewhere? It's on its way back from A113, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same, same ghost. Jeez. But yeah, this is a, this is a powerfully visual card. Mm. Uh, and it's interesting, I mean, we have it here because uh, Dead Orbit is listed first. Right, uh, among these the larger ships. Uh, well, and and yeah, and this appears to be what Dead Orbit wants, right? They're that's them going. Yeah, this is like this is the great fear for Dead Orbit uh, that the tower, the city, the Earth will be just be obliterated, and the only way to save everyone is to to move them off into space. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then you know you, you mentioned you know it seems like. That orbit was a little bit more prepared for, you know, whatever it was that this was. You know, we know, you know, it says that there were fewer examples of, you know, the new monarchy, the future war cult. It was majority you know, dead orbit and <laughs> well, vanguard. Right, but dead orbit's the one with the fleet. Yeah, yeah. So you you would yeah. expect even if every ship got out, there'd still be more dead orbit ships. God, I've got to imagine that new monarchy does not have many ships. I have a pretty cool ship. I imagine, <laughs> I imagine, I imagine new monarchies. It's like a bunch of Greyhound buses floating in space. Like this is all we could find. So, <laughs> and it's, Dead Orbit has like super star destroyers. How, how many new monarchy members can you get into a <laughs> ship? Those are all those crappy buses on that uh, <laughs> that map. <laughs> Dead Orbit was out on a field trip and and their buses broke down, so they just left them. And Future War Cult in like a TARDIS flying. <laughs> Lakshmi 2 in a TARDIS. 
I thought I thought it was interesting, you know, why they would like it says every single ship, the largest from the largest cruiser to the smallest personal craft, carries shards of stone, remnants of the city and the tower. So banners to tattered and worn. So why would they have, you know, these shards of stone from the city and the tower on their? But ships? that makes sense. Like, I mean, just as mementos. As mementos, well, yeah. Do you think? No, okay, so they this, disassembled this it piece by piece. They're going to rebuild it somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, this this card first. comes from one of the the dead ghosts in the paradox mission. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah. So so this came from a ghost that's in the vault of glass. So I'm going to go ahead and assume this isn't a ghost that got stuck in the machine. This is a ghost that has been skipping around through time yeah. thanks to the vault of glass. Yeah. Maybe this could even, could this be prey to this ghost, or any Very of the well, fire be. team, the the caber 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 damn it Kabir. Who did this? Uh, this came out. Whatever said, whatever what Luke, Luke Smith said. Yeah, whatever Luke Smith said was the official. I think said caber. I think he said it was. Anyway, any of that fire team, this could be their ghost. Yeah, I said don't trust. Uh, Ikora or Praedith? Don't don't trust Praedith's uh, pronunciation of someone's name. <laughs> His mind's been torn in the vault for two Okay, long. so I'll trust Ikora Ray, who's, who didn't even believe they existed. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So, and then this drives me crazy, too. The uh, Others bear symbols never seen in the tower to date. What what date? What date are we talking about, please? <laughs> what, what is is this perpetual? Is it ongoing? Is it no matter what happens, we'll never know because... It keeps pushing forward. Yeah, that's what that's one of the the that's awesome about this the lore and then kind of frustrating at the same time because I would love to get kind of keep getting little pieces of the puzzle to this story, but then it may not be a story and so this might be the only thing we ever get for this and so that part's a little frustrating. But I would I would love to see something. Yeah, because I mean if this so if this ghost. This ghost is in the vault. So say, let's say, for sake of argument, this belonged to one of Kabir's fire team, uh, or somebody who explored the vault prior to us getting there. So anybody who got to the vault prior to us, uh, we're now in this present, right? So vessels that have yet to emerge from the shipwright's hangars. Well, a bunch of new ships have been added to the game, so these are ships that are currently meet this criteria. Uh, Mm-hmm. Others bear symbols never seen in the tower to date. Well, that could be uh, Eris's symbol. That could be uh, Osiris's symbol. These things wouldn't have been in the tower at this point. They wouldn't have been in the tower until we brought them there. Right. Well, and also, is, is that to date to when that person went to the tower or went to the vault or when we found the ghost? Like at the date to, of us finding the ghost yeah. well, in this- Prius. It would have to be the the date at which the ghost left the tower, since this is the ghost's record, okay. right? Maybe. Is it, or is it the ghost playing this image back to the guardian looking at it, and this is the guardian's translation of what they're seeing inside the ghost? Yeah, because it's not a ghost fragment. Just, yeah, well, it's it says it says yeah, it's, until it's, the fragment ends. Oh yeah. But if this is a fragment of memory from a ghost, like whose whose perspective is the card written from? Right. Right. Well, right, because I mean, 
stars swing slowly across the ghost's field of view. So it is almost like someone describing what the ghost showed them. Yeah. Not the actual record itself, but it's like they, you got this ghost and it played a video. Yeah, exactly. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I would, I would, if given that, I would see others bear symbols never seen in the tower to date to say, uh, to the date of us finding that. Right, ghost. Of, of the whoever is recounting meaning, yeah. this. Meaning that which there's still now. Yeah. more <laughs> symbols that we don't know coming. Right, yeah. I mean, that could even Some be chance. Iron Banner, like the Iron Banner ships. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be flying an Iron Banner banner behind my ship when I'm leaving (laughs) (laughs) because I would be leaving uh, in my Fermi solution and I'd be flying the DO (laughs) colors behind me and by colors I mean black and white (laughs) see to date I would be flying my DO colors but who knows I might be flying some uh, Osiris colors in the future is there an Osiris ship there is is it cool um it was the first of its kind to look like the uh, the kind of the, the ones that the the prison ships from House of Wolves. Oh, like the like, the oh, blockade okay, runner okay, style. Yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. I just pulled it up. Okay. It's the the the, uh, the flying penises. <laughs> and there we are. <laughs> uh, I'm not a fan of that style of ship. I think I'm not can... anymore. i've been getting some good ships lately just from turning in like packages and stuff i got a i got a couple cool vanguard ships yeah i got well i got a i got smokehouse six uh i got tiktok inquisitor a couple of other weird ones that i hadn't seen before Uh, uh fatal vision is one that i got recently that looks it's the same model as the current or the new new monarchy ship but it's orange because it's vanguard Ooh. i still nice. can't change from chasing infinity so nice i always fly the fermi solu- the fermi solution was why i joined dead orbit in the first place <laughs> shader colors yeah, and that ship i love the model of that ship yeah see i've, I've got the vacuum diagram right now so my i tie my titan flies the vacuum diagram nice see i just got my uh Road unraveled yesterday. It was a good day. <laughs> I would consider. I love a uh, Hebridean thought crime. Yeah, is an awesome. Well, so, yeah, that's the same model as as mine. Nice. Yeah. So uh, important news. I just got on my uh, after rank forty seven for Dead Orbit on my Warlock. I got the the Revenant shader finally. Jeez. I was wow. Pumped about that. God, Gabble, that bond. That was getting that shader in year one was why I decided to become, you know, full-fledged Dead Orbit on my Warlock, knowing that the Warlock was my main. I was like, all right, I'm gonna grind. For, I'm gonna get this shader. I didn't know it was gonna take a year to get. Yeah, it. I switched all my characters to Do. <laughs> well, I got. I ended up getting all the shaders, uh, and then the ship right at the very end, right before the year two stuff kicked in. And then I got vacuum diagram after the year two thing flipped. Yeah, I got I'm the I'm one of the one of each, so I got my my warlock's dead orbit. orbit. My hunter is new monarchy, and my titans a pretty badass future war cult right now. I used to be all about future war cult for the intellect discipline gear, but standing next to Gabble, I'm glad I don't look like that. 
That's rough. <laughs> I mean, the the bond. You're, it, it is the ugliest. It's like having a billboard on your game. arm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is your character yeah, wearing Titan a bandana, or... dragon? Oh no, it's your haircut. Oh, it's hair. Well, if you listeners can't tell, uh, whenever <laughs> we skip a week and we haven't been together for a while, we get a little chatty. Yeah. Uh, so um, let's let's uh, get this. I think he's telling us to move along. Yeah. Well, okay. no, I'm just. I mean, we still got we still got quite a bit here to cover, and we're uh, we're into it pretty far. So. All right. Well, that, this this next card is another one of the biggest mysteries currently facing us in Destiny. Taken champions. Yes. It's a good one too. We have we have gone at it about this card in the fan <laughs> chat uh, for what it could possibly mean, <laughs> and we're gonna unfortunately unfortunately a a a common reoccurring character is gonna poke their head in right here. Uh oh. Well, let me okay. read it. I love this guy. All right, do it. <laughs> Do not come looking for me. I've slain the last three assassins, Iraq. I will slay all who follow, all who would remove me from my lair. The Taken? <laughs> Such a terrible word. Gifted, we should call them. Blessed. Cleansed. The Taken carry true power. And what do those of my order seek? Understanding is power. Power is understanding. We have always sought purchase beyond our skies, beyond reach of the dead god that hangs in our sky, beyond the reach of the terrible enemy. I have seen the enemy's face, but that dying thrall was no monster. It was an ecstasy. I felt the power as my knife bit it home, bit home. I heard their song for just a moment. I will hear it again. Oryx is the truth, and I will have it. And there you go. So, last three assassins, I think, is where we what we're starting out with, right? That's kind of a interesting phrase. I mean, so if if these assassins are a part of of dead orbit, is it safe to assume that they're humans? They're not like guardian assassins. I mean, this guy standing next to Jalal does have a hood on and kind of. Could be a character in Assassin's Creed, right? <laughs> yeah. But, well, we don't, because we know that that they sort of, that each faction has guardians who run more dangerous missions for it than, than others, right? So the idea that maybe they, they did send uh, guardian assassins after this person, I mean, it's a job, right? Like, if... Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were a guardian, right, and you were dying to get your hands on some dead orbit shaders, and and Iraq Jalal said, "I'll give you all the shaders in both ships if you go kill this guy for me." Like, I don't think anybody in this game would yeah. turn him down. Yeah. Well, do you think it's you can read it also as not as he's reporting to Iraq saying that he killed the assassins that Iraq sent, but maybe reporting kind of updating Iraq that he killed these assassins that were sent after him kind of, kind of still not and not thinking that the assassins were dead orbit sent you know because i read it the first time and i read it as him still having you know some sort of allegiance to the iraq and you know saying do not come looking for me you know i have slain the last three assassins i will slay all who follow kind of as in he'll be safe don't worry about me 
type of thing. You think can you read it that way? Oh. I, I definitely think you could. It's, you, that's not how I ever saw it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, see what you're saying with the the tone of the rest of the card, though. Uh, you know, I think it, I think very much that this dude broke off of Dead Orbit and has something valuable to Dead Orbit or is somehow important to Dead Orbit. Uh, and rather than let him be free in the wild with it, the Arocs have elected to send assassins after this guy. Okay. Like, yeah, I can I can see both sides. So I just seeing if anyone else saw it the other way too. I mean, we do know that Future War Cult has ninjas in the <laughs> room. So. It's undeniable. <laughs> ninjas with iPads. <laughs> the worst kind. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just the voice of this card is very intriguing because it's you know even though it doesn't match the same language as you know as Tolan's cards the other ones that we know he's written but just some of the philosophies kind of told in this card mm-hmm. have Tolan-esque you know feelings to me really I, I never I never it, it really see, I don't ever imagine Tolan is like an overtly violent guy uh, and Toland, but I could see him defending himself if someone sent three assassins after him. I guess that's true. <laughs> I just feel like, like Toland. I feel like this happens. This is more recent for us. Like this card happens in yeah. recent history rather than past history. I mean, the Taken weren't here anyway, so this this card must happen after the Taken get here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe it was just someone who maybe followed into the got Tol- on their hands on Toland's journal and kind of followed on his footsteps or something. I mean, because it does say, you know, we can, we'll get there in a minute, but it does say, as my knife bit home, so that kind of insinuates it's a hunter. Why does everyone get told his journal but us? I know. Right? <laughs> so, but but here's the other thing. I, like, I'm, I am pretty convinced, no matter what, that this is a warlock. Uh, yeah, the understanding is power. Power, power. Like, that is directly from... Yeah. Ikora Ray's little speech, what does it mean to be a warlock? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when you start the Stormcaller mission, and Ikora Ray says, what does it mean to be a warlock? Power. Only warlocks understand true power. True power lies in knowledge, in understanding. Power is channeled, not controlled. The storm is raw power. The trance is true understanding, and both are required. Uh, so this this line here, understanding is power and power is understanding. That is like a tenant of yeah, the warlock order. Uh, and he says like, what do those of my order seek? Understanding is power, power is understanding. So I feel like this is a warlock who has become obsessed with the taken. Uh, you know, and and was a member of Dead Orbit. Like this this sentence, that very next line is, you know, we have always sought purchase beyond our skies. Uh, beyond the reach of a dead god that hangs in our sky, beyond the reach of a terrible enemy. So that's that's like the dead orbit philosophy in a nutshell. Uh, and then I have a terrible, weird, and horrible note here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to say it out loud. Insert Dredgen your theory here. Uh, so when this card was released, it gave a little bit of re-notice to looking at the Dwindler's Ridge cards uh, and the fact that the when they're talking about Thorn, 
The image on the cards is a warlock wearing a dead orbit bond carrying Thorn. Uh, <laughs> that lines up very well with this card. The timing seems way off. But if you said, oh yeah, there's a warlock who used to be part of Dead Orbit who is obsessed with the Taken and, you know, becoming true power, <laughs> you say, oh, that's Dredgen Yor. Like, no, it's this card, Taken Champions. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but yet, there's not a lot of warlocks who carry knives either, so. The, the power is my knife hit home line is a little strange. Or bit home, I guess it says. So, maybe. Maybe he maybe he killed... Maybe one of the assassins sent after him was a hunter and he, he stole his knife. Or it's one of those figurative knives that Oryx gives people. Oh, look at that. There you go. He says he heard the song just for a moment. Mm-hmm. So, so somewhere out there is a is a Taken-obsessed ex-Dead Orbit warlock uh, causing problems and uh, killing assassins. So. But I wonder if he was banished from the tower. So, but this, and so like this card is current with us right now. Like This is happening potentially in real time uh, with our characters. So, so, the, so the I felt power as my knife bit home, we're saying sword logic? Yeah, that it definitely fits that. Yeah, yeah. like Oryx's will stepping in. Take this knife; it's shaped like. Okay. Who knows? What is it? I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> Take this knife; it's shaped like New Monarchy. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 so yeah, this is a, this is a great card, and this is one that we should probably you know keep an eye on in the future as more of the story is revealed, because there's a good chance that this person this person is going to come up again. Mm-hmm. And we don't know. Suit. We don't like. We don't know if they're. Oh, we do know they're a guardian because they're a warlock. <clears throat> so, well, I guess th- it doesn't con- say that it's a warlock confirmed. It could just be someone. Well, it says, and what do those of order? my order seek? So, the my yeah. order seems to say that he belonged to a warlock order. Yeah. Well, next we have a message from her report to Zavala from uh, Arak Jalal. So, who wants that one? This is from Outbound. Yeah, this is from Outbound Signal. Yeah, yeah, Grimoire Outbound Signal. To answer your question, yes, we can confirm the signal was received. I've enclosed our best guess for the targeted area of space. It's problematic because our our tightest footprint still encompasses several light years worth of systems. It is worth noting, for what it's worth, that whoever received their signal lies within that sphere. All available deep space assets have been alerted, and will continue to monitor the situation as best we can. Iraq Jalal, report to Zavala and the speaker. So, I hate this mission so much. When it's a daily heroic, I do not play it. <laughs> <laughs> Only because in the first like week, I think of the Taken King, nobody was high enough. Like I was really low light level still, and this was like the daily heroic, so I did it. And I got just, like, murdered over and over and over and over. It was... I did it solo, because I do everything in the game solo for the most part. I'd, like, hide behind boxes in the backhand right side of the room and just lob grenades over the top until I managed to kill the boss. Like, it was just... 
it probably took me 45 minutes to beat this thing by myself, like at 200 something light. Uh, <laughs> also, I'm glad that we have this here. I so recently I turned uh, subtitles back on in my game. Uh, so, and when you f- complete this mission, Zavala says, when you see a rock, Jalal, tell him thanks for the tip. I always thought he said thanks for the tape because that's what it sounds like he's saying. <laughs> and I was like, who still uses tapes? <laughs> what? Tape. Like, I imagine like, like a rock Jalal has like a mixtape and he gave it to Zavala and Zavala's like, oh, and you see him again, tell him thanks. I'm like, why does tape anything still exist? But it's not. It's tip. And then this line is even worse when you read it that way. But <laughs> <laughs> terrible. But <clears throat> so, but this this sheds some light on sort of the scope of the Dead Orbit fleet. So, you know, Dead Orbit has the ability to scan systems that are several light years away from us. That's pretty significant. Uh, and they have deep space assets. Uh, so whenever the... If the Cabal make it to our system, it's Dead Orbit that's going to know first. And this is also interesting. This could be another reason why they don't kick Dead Orbit out of the tower is because Dead Orbit is the only group that have the capacity to scan this deep into space. Uh, Dead Orbit could potentially alert the tower of incoming deep space threats better than the Vanguard could just because they don't have the, the assets available out there. They don't want to lose that. So... But this this confirms that yeah the Cabal fleet is within several light years of our solar system, so they're out there. Then we have note here that Arak just means dragon in Gaelic. <laughs> Gaelic. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just because it's dragon. It's the only reason I said that. <laughs> So your name, so your name is really handsome, Arak. That's right, <laughs> handsome gay dragon. <laughs> Are the A's fours? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And does it fit on a mouse pad? Ooh. Oh, 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 that's a low blow. Ouch. Hey, I know. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Was it UX or? That yeah, point? I did. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So to fill everyone in, I. Ordered a uh, when we once Scooby made all our awesome logos and everything like that and got them got the files. I ordered a mouse pad for my new desk and with the Ghost Stories logo and then I had my gamer tag printed on the bottom, handsome dragon. Except I forgot a uh, letter in my gamer gamer tag and didn't realize it until after it was already ordered. <laughs> until it was sitting on his damn and, desk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Sorry, dude. And extra was like, uh, is it missing a D? <laughs> I tried reading it, and I'm like, man, that just doesn't sound right in my head. And it, or no, it's missing an yeah. S, so it's like hand um, on <laughs> It was almost hands on me, dragon. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and I have a dead orbit mouse pad, so nice. And I don't have a mouse pad. Use mouse pads. I'm, I'm morally <laughs> opposed to mouse pads. There you go. <laughs> <clears throat> So, so upcoming. So the next part of this is quotes. We talked about quotes from New Monarchy, and we mentioned in the New Monarchy episode that quotes change depending on how far away you are from a particular NPC. 
So I went back and I hung out with Arak Jalal, basically just like running at him and then backing off and running at him and backing off and accessing his inventory. So I've sorted some of these quotes based on proximity because we learned that Hideo's change from sort of like, hey, we're here to fight for the city to we're going to stomp everyone under a jackboot, depending on how far away you are from him. So uh, I figured we'd take the same approach with Dead Orbit. So the first one is about how Dead Orbit feels about the other factions. So uh, the first one here is, The speaker knows that darkness comes, yet the traveler still doesn't stir. What now? And that's sort of the deal philosophy, like, we've got to take the next step. Like, mm-hmm. Well, that's it's interesting, too, that you know, it refers to the darkness is coming. You know, we've had, you know, in our ex- um, time and destiny, you know, we've faced the hive we faced the vex the fallen we haven't really had any run-ins with the darkness itself but you know except for when we fight oryx aboard his ascendant throne realm giant ship and he summons the darkness again gains favor with (laughs) darkness and then golgoroth potentially being a vessel of the deep itself so Mm -hmm. not that arak jalal was there to help out but I like how the the insinuation is that our character comes back and gives a full detailed report about everything that happened, yet nobody gives us a report about anything. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, New Monarchy offers false hope. The War Cult offers despair. Uh, The next one's very similar, and we read these, the New Monarchy one. uh, The New Monarchy offers false hope. No king or queen can stand against the darkness. And there's... Let the executors mark us. Uh, we'll see how the ridiculous king fares when the darkness comes. So then I also thought this could be mock us. Let the executors mock us, which also makes sense. But we do have evidence of sort of uh, the executors mark is an actual thing. Uh, it's one of the the little banners you can get. Yeah, I like the next one. It's, uh, you have the executors stand in our way. They will see we are not afraid to fight. I think isn't there one of with the executor where the comments you know dead orbit just wants to, to run, run away, away yeah. or something yeah yeah sounds like bring it on I hope they bring in faction wars someday That'd be so so, much fun. so to <laughs> our listeners something that I like um there's there are some uh, what look like kind of old school propaganda posters that some guy made I don't know who made those if anyone knows oh, speak up. Man. But they're so good about each faction. Now these, if that guy, if you listen to this podcast, these are the kind of quotes I'd like to see on some of those propaganda posters. You know, like, real small, New Monarchy offers false hope, the War Cult offer, offers despair, and then Dead Orbit kicks ass, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of that's that's kind of what I pictured or what I was kind of hoping for. But man, those those posters are so good. Uh, it, we should we should uh, definitely link those if we if we can find them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking. But yeah, they are they're they, like I said, they look like old school like World War Two kind of propaganda posters like come join Dead Orbit, you know, New Monarchy, always room for more or whatever, you know, type things. <laughs> come join New Monarchy and get a free Burger King crown. <laughs> uh, then we have others the other uh, view views on Dead Orbit from other people. So we have Dead Orbit's core philosophy never set with me, not at all. Still, there are days when we need 
to work with them. Today's one. That's from Kate Six. Uh, this one's Arak Jalal. Dead orbit communications have spiked 50% since you joined up. I'm not sure what they're planning, but they filed a number of interesting requests with Zavala's office. Whatever they're looking into, it's big. That's from Ghost. And then so, uh, this next one's uh, Lord Shacks. Dead orbit's up to something. I don't know what they're planning, but their agents are fond of pulling guardians aside, whispering to anyone who will listen. They want nothing to do with the Traveler, and if it were up to them, nothing to do with the Tower. So why are they there? Why are they in the Tower? Because they need Guardians. Recruitment. They they still need to salvage tons of materials to maintain the fleet, and the only people who can go out there and do that are the Guardians. There's kind of all, there's like this whole big group of uh, these hammer-throwing titans that that are like for hire, from what I hear. <laughs> I get the feeling that Dead Orbit wants to say in Zavala's good graces and hiring an army of sunbreakers probably wouldn't <laughs> sit very well with him. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> uh, there's just some general quotes and sort of like the, the classic Dead Orbit tenant, another future lies out among the orbit of other stars. This is an interesting one because this is a different perspective from Jalal uh, that makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Uh, the forces of light weren't meant to be confined in a tower. You're living proof. We could help one another. So that's sort of taking a different stance on it, right? It's not like the darkness is coming. We're all doomed. Everything's terrible and horrible. We got to get out of here. It's like you are a being of great radiance and power. Like, why are you hanging out here? Like, there's a whole universe we could be exploring with this amazing, like, spread the light. It's a slightly different sort of mindset uh, for Dio to take. Uh, We'll keep your guardian in mind for future pushes in the Crucible. This was excellent work. The remaining Cabal forces in our system have been severely weakened. Iraq Jalal's report to Commander Zavala. So that's another thing we have to keep in mind here, that as a faction, they play heavily into the Crucible. Uh, which is, it doesn't seem like Dead Orbit would be that concerned with what happens in the Crucible, but they are a Crucible faction, for the most part. And this is, again, this is sometimes I refer to as like we're, we're bumping up against the wall of the real world, like the, the real world of Destiny as it exists as a product and the in-game world as it exists in the story, where it doesn't make a lot of sense that Dead Orbit cares at all about the Crucible, but for the sake of having... Like, they have to be good for something, right? So in order to produce the game, they had to give them some kind of reasonable interaction with the player, so it's just a Crucible thing. Yeah. I wonder when that that specific quote was put in. Is that part of a uh, um, like a grimoire card or like a quest card? Do you know what that's from? Uh, no, I can certainly find out very quickly. Because uh, I wonder if that's if it was recent. I wonder if it's kind of a maybe a tease for a, like a faction war event later, or maybe if it was from the original vanilla. Maybe it was something that was kind of left in from previous faction war uh, it's just from a quest ideas uh, just it's just talk to Arak Jalal I'm not sure what quest it actually belongs to unfortunately okay 
It might be in the recent. But well, I mean, we also know when it comes to the Crucible that Control is a dead orbit game, uh, and that's even referenced by Executor Hideo when he talks about how Dead Orbit captured another zone. How is that even possible? Uh, and it's because Dead Orbit trains in Control, and they probably train in Control for the very purposes of a step like finding old golden age tech or hangars or ships and needing to maintain a team there to hold down the area to prevent other people from taking it. Uh, so control control completely makes sense as a dead orbit style game. So that is from the, um, looks like it's after the shield brothers. Oh, hmm. Well, I think it's the, it's the quest, the Legion's beachhead quest that they put in the, um, the iPads on the tower, so you can like pick up this quest. Oh, oh, oh! I see. It's like, an, and then it's like, step one is Shield Brothers. Yeah. Step two is talk to Cade. Step three is talk to Iraq. And then you, it's just kind of doing little missions, and, and so that was one of them. So it's, yeah, so it's more recent. <laughs> and then yeah, outbounce and signals. One of the last parts All of right. that. So the next of these are quotes that happen when you're standing close to him. If you're just, I mean, we don't need to read all of these. You can just go stand next to Arak Jalal and hear him say these <laughs> things if you really want to. Uh, are you ready to join the Armada? But here's a, a go- the first one. A Golden Age vault, but deep in a dead zone. Why can't we go to the dead zones? <laughs> <laughs> The zombies we covered because this. there's a vault. There's a vault. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's for the vault where the uh, fleet is being held. Uh, this is a good one too. Earth has had its time. Mourn it, but don't die with it. And then the <laughs> next like... one. Here's the secret we've already lost. <laughs> now we see who lives to fight again. I like this one. Children can serve dead orbit too. You see, little bodies can crawl and where others. Okay. Can't. <laughs> I stood next to Iraq Jalal for like seven hours. I never heard him say that. I don't know if that was a vanilla quote that was phased out it later. Uh, but I've never, ever heard Iraq uh, Jalal say that. I've heard him say the other one when he says, uh, oh, it's the children I can't bear to think of. Think of their eyes when the darkness comes. I hear him say that. Mm-hmm. I've never heard him say that other one. Uh, the I dreamed of the darkness swallowing the lights of the city block by block. Uh, to which I quote, maybe he had a dream about new monarchy. <laughs> Since Hideo has a quote about the exact same thing, but they're the ones doing it. Burn. There's the, I pleaded with the commander. He turned his back on me, so we must do it ourselves. The only person referred to as commander in the game is Commander Zavala. So, both Shax and Saladin have Lord. Cade has no title, really, and Ikora, nobody calls her Commander Ikora, as far as I know. I love the, the Traveler has given all it can. Humanity's future is in our hands. That could be a Hideo quote. Like, that very much sounds like yeah. it could come right out of New Monarchy. Uh and then there's this one that I heard him say a bunch of times that I was like, I know that. 
and I went and looked it up, and I was right. So <clears throat> he'll say, push off, and sitting well in order smite the sounding furrows, for my purpose holds to sail beyond the sunset. Uh, and that is an excerpt from Ulysses. Uh, the line, the immediately preceding line is, tis not too late to seek a newer world, <laughs> which is perfectly aligned with dead orbit. Yeah. So, so again, all I mean, all these quotes right in line when you're just hanging out with Arak Jalal, uh, nothing, nothing too crazy. But interestingly, when you're when you're far away from him, there's not much that's different. He sort of sticks to it, uh, except for maybe one or two that are a little bit sneaky. Uh, so there's the I don't care if the new monarchy claimed it, we need it. So that goes back to what we originally read with how Dead Orbit is willing to butt heads with New Monarchy to get what they need. They, <laughs> I don't recognize your your jurisdiction. He's talking about all those bombs up above in the rack about <laughs> his all head, the missiles. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess Hideo just comes over here and puts like red sticky notes on all of them, like <laughs> they just say New Monarchy on it, <laughs> and then Jalal has to go and pull them all off. Spray paints them all black. So then he has a line that says, None of us have slept. The wolf of time is at our heels. And I'm wondering if the we haven't slept thing is a reference back to A113, where they say they haven't slept since they boarded that ship or that station. Mm. Uh, So I'm not sure there's a, a link there relation. This one's weird. It says, Quickly, Sister Flinch, strip it before anyone notices. Which, yeah, that's that new monarchy label. Yeah. <laughs> also, who is Sister Flint? Is that the woman who's standing next to him here at the? If you go to the tower, there's a there's the assassin looking guy, and then the girl with her hand wrapped up. Uh, maybe that's Sister Flinch. It's a weird line. When I first heard it, I thought he was telling her to strip before anybody notices. <laughs> and it was like, what is happening over in the dead orbit corner? <laughs> like. He says, shoulder to wheel, look windward. I thought that maybe this was a line from something, but there's nothing I could find. Although shoulder to wheel just means sort of like, it's like nose to the grindstone. So, there will never be enough guardians, uh, and we must prepare. So nothing nothing super far-fetched, nothing like New Monarchy. Uh, Again, who is like, hey, welcome to New Monarchy, here's your cool stuff. And then as soon as you leave, he's like, you know, we're going to kick your door down at night and force you to wear this red bandana. So as we come to the end of this, uh, we'll talk about sort of like the gear and the other stuff you can grab from new, uh, from Dead Orbit, if you are fans of them. Uh, the Taken King gear is Heliopause gear. Some interesting quotes on it. Uh, We've read most of them already. Uh, some of them we haven't. But heliopause uh, basically means outside of the heliosphere, which is interstellar space. The heliosphere is basically every planet that's touched by our sun. It's everything in our solar system. Uh, 
the heliosphere, a bubble-like region of space dominated by our sun, which extends far beyond the orbit of Pluto. Uh, plasma blown out from the sun, which is known as solar wind, creates and maintains this bubble against the outside pressure of the interstellar medium, uh, which is the hydrogen and helium gas that permeates the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, so... Passing through the shock and entering into the heliosheath, a transitional region, which is in turn bounded to the outermost edge of the heliosphere, which is called the heliopause. So, basically means getting getting out of our solar system, getting out past Pluto, and that's what the heliopause is. So, there's a great quote here, though, uh, from Arak Parnell on the heliopause cloak uh, it says, once deep space explorers were seen as heroes. Now, for struggle, for suggesting humanity should look beyond the system, some call us cowards. Uh, which is sort of a great line. Like you know, we've uh, even at the very beginning of Destiny is is people exploring space, going out to meet the traveler. So suddenly, we're we have this great golden age capacity for warp travel, and we have a huge fleet. But you know, if we're if we leave our planet, we're considered cowards for doing it. So sort of weird twist on on what the golden age was. If only darkness lies beyond the heliopause, we've already lost. Well, so then the, <laughs> yeah. the house of wolves armor was the dead light armor. Uh, and this has other quotes from the other Araks. So this Arak Lind says, Listen, some stars won't stop calling to us. And here's a great note here. Which stars are those? Uh, Arak Henry says, At least we'll know we've tried. Uh, Modesta says, Success is not about survival. It's about discovery. Uh, Parnell says, When all is shadow, you know your journey has begun. So... Again, it's all, all all of it's pretty pretty straightforward, right in line with the, the tenets of New Order. Uh, the Exodus armor was the dark below, and uh, the helmet's interesting to me because it's basically this humanity. Uh, sorry, uh, travel the wilderness and master it. This is our salvation. That's very much a hunter tenant, right? Exploring the wilderness. That's like almost mm-hmm. word for word with the what the hunters do. Right. Uh, and I like to view Dead Orbit as a hunter-esque, like the same way New Monarchy is Titan-esque. I like to view Dead Orbit as hunter-esque. Maybe that's just because I am a hunter and I'm <laughs> a fierce Dead Orbit supporter, but uh, Deej might disagree with me. I don't know. Uh, humanity has been caged. We will break the bars. Uh, and that's a theme that's come up in the past before break your cell bars. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We must make our own safety without the city. I I agree with that. And this is the interest. So this is uh, it will be cold and harrowing, and we will not all survive. But it must be done. So they, I think, even Dead Orbit acknowledges that it's a risky play. Like getting everybody off the Earth is a risky play. Not everybody's going to make it. But it's it's better than everybody sort of biting the dust. And then the the vanilla armor, which is Sojourn armor, has the same sort of things. The Oblivion armor has the same same flavor. Texas Exodus didn't 
change. Uh, although the Bond, uh, Death of Fate, reads, Our fate is not sealed. With the proper will and enough force, it can be rewritten. So, slightly... <laughs> slightly upbeat <laughs> uh, for, for Dead Orbit stuff. They just uh, haven't played with the device enough. That's true. Well, the other, the Sojourn Maz says, Our will is such that we will find strength in the gaze of days of death itself. Uh, so, and that's, a, and that's pretty bold. It's a pretty bold claim. Like, you know, the, the closer death gets, you know, we'll look it right in the eyes and it'll make us stronger. So... I'll take it. I'm, I'm good with that. Bring it on. <laughs> Death can stare right back into the, the void wall of my face. Because I'm never taking this uh, Graviton forfeit off. Not the ex- even in the tower. Not even in the tower. There's no need. <laughs> I've been out I've been out there long enough that I'm not the same when I come back. I'm, I've given up the idea of a head and face. <laughs> <laughs> a man has no face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, then the, the class items uh, the exotic cloak and mark which I wear on both my titan and my hunter our salvation lies ahead of us go forth there is nothing left to leave behind and then the bond is called light beyond every light that marks the abyss offers hope against the rising tide that was something I found interesting when pulling together a lot of the the text for this this gear was often the cloak and the bond or cloak and the um mark had the same text where the, the bond, bond is different was very unique in every almost every yeah way. it's the same with new monarchy as well so it's like a little a fun nod to the warlocks is possibly being a mm-hmm. little bit more Sort of like lore, not lore driven and deep, but more in the realm of there's deeper things to understand about the functionings mm-hmm. of the universe. Yeah, Titans and Hunters may see eye to eye, but Warlocks are probably going to look at it a little bit differently. Well, it's because I can't stand looking at Warlocks because they're all horribly <laughs> dressed. That is true. As Gavel, as oh Gavel stares into my giant purple eye. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided, okay, here's the real Dead Orbit mystery, okay? Yeah. Why is Jalal standing in a puddle? I was going to ask that at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Why is there water back here? Well, there's is there's a leak. There's, does has Jalal had let all the uh, the bots know or? Yeah, but he's just standing in it. Like at least step out of the puddle. Yeah. No, look at the look at the platforms on his boots. He's fine. <laughs> also, he's got those sweet camo hammer pants. <laughs> yeah, he can dance way Jalal better. He can slide across the water and make a. <laughs> Dramatic splashes. Hideo has those too. He's been standing next to this canister that got knocked over for like well, two so hours. So it's an Amalon like, canister. So right, well, Amalon is known for their liquid ammunition, yeah, right? That's what I was saying. He's standing in a puddle of liquid ammo. He's sta- a puddle of bullets. Freaking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. He wants to get out of here anyway. So Somebody could drop a match and he'd just be dead. Maybe he can jump up and down and bullets will fly out of his feet. <laughs> So that's how he secretly assassinates people who make fun of him. <laughs> I love these two. This is Sister Flinch, and I don't know who this dude is, but they say some weird things sometimes if you hang out with them too long. Uh, what did one of them asked was like, 
what is like what does the light feel like uh like is it warm inside you? Uh, and then he says, "Does it burn?" <laughs> That's creepy. Well, says, does, and I'm like, "Are you asking me if it burns when I pee?" Do guardian, <laughs> like, guardians pee light? Like, what he's is, concerned about your kidneys. Apparently, yes. well, maybe he's concerned that maybe I'm gonna pee in Jalal's puddle here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, let's let's talk <laughs> weapons because we all know that the greatest weapon that is currently in the game comes from Dead Orbit. The most trendy Which is weapon. ironic because until Taken King, I didn't like a single Dead Orbit weapon. Yes. It's like that was I was kind of bummed I missed the New Monarchy um, episode because even though uh, I subscribed to Dead Orbit as as my main faction in year one, two of my favorite favorite weapons in the game were Judgment Six yep. shotgun. And the red hand nine hand cannon. I got my first, you know, I think I went 17 and 0 with my first unbroken with using the red hand and judgment six. You know, X-ray is familiar with a, a clip I used or he used in one of our clan montages where shores of time I'm sitting on B with my shotgun up and it was like duck hunting <laughs> guys just kept jumping one at a time jump over boom jump over boom jump over boom jump over boom i'm just like you'd think they'd notice okay three guys just died immediately stopped jumping but they just kept coming it was, it was pretty fun but yeah those those weapons were amazing and but i n- didn't like the uh, there was the high rate of fire auto rifle mm-hmm. which they were just bullet hoses in your yeah. one no good and the venetian was kind of the same archetype i think of Red Hand 9, but it had worse stability, worse range. The perks weren't very good. You know, just all around the board, the weapons, in, to me, weren't very good until then we got the hung jury. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, let's, so let's talk, let's talk some Dio weapons. So, uh, the Dark Below was, the auto rifle was Unwilling Soul. Right now it's Paleo Contact. Uh, if you're familiar with the term Paleo Contact, it's probably because of that Aliens Man guy. Uh, because paleo contact is literally the theory that ancient extraterrestrial beings, uh, ancient astronauts, visited Earth in the distant past. So hmm. that the crazy haired aliens. I met that guy once when I worked at a hotel doing, and he had a conference at my hotel. And yeah, he is exactly how you would imagine him to be. <laughs> I wish when you equipped this auto rifle, it made your head that guy's face. Aliens. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, so the Venetian three was the hand cannon in the dark below. So, which is an interesting word. If you look it up, it means a, an arrangement or system of veins, usually in an insect wing or a leaf blade. So when you see sort of like how the veins are all dispersed in an insect wing, that's the Venetian. Yeah, that's what this word refers to. Not the Venetian. That's the hotel in Vegas. Yeah, I know, I know. The Venetian. <laughs> I think I called it Venetian earlier. <laughs> Uh, scout rifles were Crypt Dweller uh, and the Deadshot Luna, but now we have the Hung Jury, which is I will never, ever, ever not use that gun. It is so good. <laughs> I lucked out uh, when the game, you know, I immediately went in. I had sort of buffed uh, myself and all my factions right up to the the point. And I went and I flipped over my factions, and the first thing I got was my hung jury, which had uh, 
Firefly hand laid stock and life support. And then my favorite scope, which is a Signal MS5, which highlights enemy targets. And I could not have asked for a better roll <laughs> on a scout rifle, which I love anyway. So I have not. It was the first weapon I took to 335. It's the scout rifle that's seen me through like the entire game. So I think the current, currently, uh, everybody loves this gun. It is just like. It's solid, it's reliable, it's got great rolls on it from the vendor, both before uh, the last patch and after the last patch, so it's... Just don't take it to the Dreadnought and go where the scent chest is, because it'll <laughs> blind you. <laughs> Anywhere in the game with a bright light source, the, the gun just lights up like a fluorescent bulb It's impossible to look at. <laughs> but Other than that... So the two fusion rifles, Final Rest and the Hitchhiker. A couple of shotguns. Uh, yet yeah, now as Gavel tries to blind me by switching to his sword. Uh, the Hide and Seek, the Root Awakening, and the Patch A. I, none of these are really like really stand out, if I remember. Mm-mm. Snipers are Broken Truth and the Extra Solar. Yeah, extra Solar just meaning sort of beyond the sun. Uh, I mean, they're both in low impact snipers. Like I'm, I don't think Dead Orbit's known for their heavy hitting sniper rifles. No. They're LMGs, Deviant Gravity and Arma Engine. Deviant Gravity, though. Uh, that, I remember that was a good yeah. One. A lot of people use Deviant Gravity. Yeah. And I had a uh, pretty much a god roll uh, swarm in year one. Nice. And so I think I got a couple Deviant Gravities that were good, but they never they never replaced the swarm for me. Yeah, I had uh, the zombie apocalypse. I never... That gun was awesome. Oh, jeez. This dude who just sat up behind me, his head is glowing like a light bulb. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> His chest is, too. Don't stare directly into it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the raid helmet with uh, bitter steel. Oh, man. Brutal. And he's gone. And then the rocket is for Exodus Plan, which is an appropriate word. Uh, and their last rocket launcher currently now is Ceres Lost, which is a reference to Ceres where A113 was. Maybe this rocket launcher was the last thing to come out of that place before the Harbingers just destroyed it. I see you've highlighted BMJ46. Yeah, I was just doing a quick Google search to see if I saw <laughs> anything. <laughs> Big, mad... Japanese people, 46 of them. <laughs> exactly what I got. <laughs> and then the Shaders, Bittersteel, Revenant, The Hanged Man, and The Nowhere. I always keep all those uh, on, like, on me at all times, just in case. So The Hanged Man is probably a reference to uh, the 12th card of the Major Arcana, which is a tarot card. Uh, it is the traitor, uh, and very often it is sort of a a a man. So often hung upside down, but not always. Uh, but it's yeah, a shameful image of a traitor being punished in a manner common at the time for traitors in Italy. Some versions portray Judas uh, and include bags of silver in his hands. So that's very telling of of how maybe other factions feel about Dead Orbit. Uh, 
Although there is a, and we've talked about, there's a lots of Norse mythology woven, especially all through the Rasputin protocols and things like that. Uh, the Hanged Man also, in other interpretations, is the depiction of the Norse god Odin, uh, who suspended himself from a tree in order to gain knowledge. So if we're gonna if we're gonna keep on the the Norse theme, that's a hugely powerful card. That is Odin, sort of the the All Father. And his attempt to gain more knowledge uh, from a tree. So there's, and that, I mean, that even ties in. So Odin has uh, Hugin and Mugin are his two crows who scour the world to find information for him. We know that the crows are Prince Aldrin's faction. So there's a the potential tie in there. Uh, so I'm going to go with that one because it sounds cooler. And then the nowhere. So, I mean, the nowhere makes sense. Uh, I love your Ronald McDonald fusion rifle gabble. I mean, nowhere could just be the word, like nowhere, like where, like people without a place, like abandon the tower and be the people of nowhere. But also the possibility of it is an old Doctor Who episode called The Nowhere Place. So what it has to do with shaders is nothing. But <laughs> then the emblems, uh, Omen of Chaos, Omen of the Dead, Omen of the Decayer, and Omen of the Exodus. So the Omen of Exodus makes sense. Omen of Dead, 1 and 2. Omen of Chaos, 1 and 2. Omen of the Decayer, though, uh, is the one that stands out as having no real references to anything else. Uh, it's not a word that's that comes up a lot in destiny. There is the, the mission Kings of decay, uh, which is a taken King one. Uh, but there's not a lot of the, I mean, the word decay, uh, comes up. I think it comes up with, uh, the quest when you have to kill Urzok. Uh, and then there's a bond called metastability event. That reads, the great energies of the Golden Age never triggered a false vacuum decay will be fine. So it's not a common word that, that shows up a lot. So Mark of the Decayer seems to reference something, but that word never shows up. So hmm. so who who the Decayer is or, or what that could possibly mean, not really sure. And then the ships. The ships are why people tend to join Dead Orbit. <laughs> Or at least why I joined Dead Orbit. Uh, so we have the Fermi solution, which reads, we're not alone. This is a direct reference to the Fermi paradox. Uh, if you're familiar with that, uh, it was named after Enrico Fermi. It is the contradiction between the lack of evidence and high probability uh, given by the Drake equation for the existence of extraterrestrial civilizations. Uh you know, it basically says there's billions and billions of stars in the galaxy. Many of them are very similar to our sun. Many of them are billions of years older than Earth. Uh, with high probability, some of these stars will have Earth-like planets, and then Earth is typical. Some might develop intelligent life. Basically, if the numbers are so high for the possibility of Earth-like planets, why have we not then met any of these, like, there should be tons and tons and tons of extraterrestrial civilizations. Well, the flip is in Destiny we have. 
we've met a whole bunch of them. So the Fermi solution references the paradox. The paradox has been solved. Uh, we met a whole bunch. And then the reason we even have the ship is because we met one of them, who would be the traveler. Uh, the, the, the brief summary of the Fermi paradox is, where is everybody? That's how it's constantly referred to as. Uh, and a fun fact, where is everybody is the ep- name of the very first Twilight Zone episode. So. Nice. <laughs> So then we have, uh, I, I get a look at this before I even try and pronounce it. <laughs> I was just sitting there going, Kondrachuk, mm-hmm. uh, Yuri Vasilevich Kondrachuk. I'm sorry, Kondrachuk. I'm not. Oh, man. We have, we have Russian. a couple of Russians in our, uh, in our listeners. So. Uh, they, well, they can send me pronunciations. And, there you go. Oh my God, there's a dude whose name is NES Mega Man, and he's standing next to a guy named Cool Gamertag name. (laughs) (laughs) I can see them running around right now. NES Mega Man. Good job on that. Uh, So this, that name, uh, I'll leave it to the the fan chat to correct me on this. They can send me a reading of it. He was a Russian engineer and mathematician. He was a pioneer of aeronautics and spaceflight. Uh, so he developed the first known lunar orbit rendezvous, which is a key concept for landing modern spacecraft from Earth on the moon. Hmm. So it's a pretty cool reference. Uh, and the, the flavor text there is for those who would break free. Uh, and then we have the vacuum diagram. Uh, and whether this and it's a fin, infinity awaits us. So whether this is a reference to the vacuum diagrams I don't know. My guess is probably. Uh, but an author named Stephen Baxter uh, wrote a collection of 15 short stories. They're all science fiction based called The Vacuum Diagrams. Uh, and the, vac- the name itself, The Vacuum Diagrams, is another reference uh, to the violation and reassertion of the uncertainty principles of our universe. So... Uh, it's it's there. It's the references to sort of deep space. Uh, that title, Vacuum Diagrams, is one of the short stories. It's set in 21-124 AD. So maybe that's when Destiny's happening. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the story concerns the main character's attempts uh, and failure to terraform a colony uh, due to its upset of uh, alien world builders for the most part. But there's no real... <laughs> you know, dead orbits planned to, like, and that's, so that's like, like a scary possibility that dead orbit is like, Hey, let's pack everyone up. We'll go spread ourselves all through space. But the, that greatly increases the probability of encountering other alien species who will just be like, no. <laughs> and that would be the end of that. Yeah. Well, the good news is that Oryx has already, uh, Eradicated a lot of the other that species is true. in the uh, universe. <laughs> so he might be opening the world for us a little bit. Nice. Or the universe for us. <laughs> the other, the thing that's not in any of these texts that I did want to bring up uh, briefly is... So now, when you go to orbit, it says local group. Uh 
in I think on the the director which sort of hints that we could be going beyond the local group but as far as we know currently it is impossible for mankind to ever escape our local galaxy group like it's just not possible uh and this is sort of where I wonder about dead orbit and this is thinking on a huge galactic scale. So, like, the good news is uh, within our local galaxy group, there are, like, literally, like, trillions of stars. Like, space is enormous uh, just in sort of where we exist and have the ability to explore. But right now, current scientific thinking, and this could be all way to with, with space magic, who knows. But currently in our thinking... Uh, even if we achieve interstellar space travel, we'll never be able to escape. Like we'll only ever be able to observe like a hundredth of a billionth of a percent of our known everything. Uh, and it's because the reality is currently, as we understand it, uh, dark energy is forcing the universe to expand faster than we could ever explore it. Uh, so we'll only ever be able to explore that which is gravitationally bound to us because dark energy can easily exceed the forces of gravity and it's forcing the universe to expand so far so quickly that you just can't get there. Like it's like trying to drive to a destination that's always moving away from you faster than you're driving there. Uh, so it's sort of like a depressing thought to be honest with you uh, because that even means that in our time right now, or even during the golden age, there were stars that were observable that we can no longer see because they expanded beyond the human be humans capacity to observe them. Uh, so whether this whole concept like space is enormous and we'll never get to see, like even observe the vast, vast, vast majority of it, much less ever be able to run there in a fleet of ships, uh, and maybe that's part of the nihilism of dead orbit, knowing that we'll never be able to run that far. But, but again, the good news is there's a trillion stars in the local cluster, so there's plenty to work with for the next eight years of destiny. <laughs> but we're never going to get outside of it. Except unless there's space magic. Space. So there you go. Fun fact. Two fun facts about space. Uh, the Cassini program is a real thing. It exists currently. Uh, and space is too big. <laughs> <laughs> and just keeps getting bigger. And just keeps getting bigger, yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Maybe we'll never outrun the darkness. Maybe it's... We don't know how fast it moves. Mm. And that brings us to the end of our notes and i guess our show right yeah that's and that's dead orbit that is dead orbit so. lots of uh lots yeah. of fun stuff so um next up uh we'll be uh, in in the faction episodes i guess will be uh future war cult right They're the only There's ones left there. yeah that's gonna be a, mm -hmm. a crazy deep episode and we're gonna need <laughs> we're gonna need beta to help untangle that one 
That's going to be hard to not branch off into so many other things. Oh, man. <laughs> that may be a, a two-parter. Who knows? Yeah, we might have a, a series on future yes, war cult. A sub, sub-series future war cult <laughs> faction. Hey, look. It's the other spud. There he is. <laughs> well, uh, before we, well, before we I, shut her down, uh, we have an announcement finally to make uh, <clears throat> regarding our... our uh, book giveaway from our interview with Seth Dickinson. So Ooh. back when Seth was uh, a guest on our sh- on our show, he generously donated a copy of his recent novel, The Trader Baru Cormorant, and uh, autographed it as well. And I'm actually I'm I'm literally holding it in my hands right now, making everyone jealous. Uh, and he's decided to keep it. And, and yeah, so the winner is everyone. X-Ray 441. Um, no, no. But, but uh, we we obviously missed last week, and uh, we didn't announce when Morla was on. Uh, just, I don't know, we just, I don't even think we thought about it at the time when we put the show together. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so we've got our winner, uh, and, it, and it came in through an email. And before I announce it, um, I've got to share the signature or, or what Seth wrote because it's awesome. Uh, you know, it's it's on the the main title page of the book, and it says, "Beware! This book is full of lies." Seth Dickinson. So it's it's pretty awesome. Um, like I said, I'll we'll we'll be I'm gonna be tweeting out a picture of that because uh, we've got something else to that we're going to have in there that I want people to see because it's awesome. A little creation by Scooby-Dee-Z uh, that we're going to throw in the book. Uh, but our winner is Ryan Treengen. I, I don't know if I pronounced that right. Uh, and he wrote us an email saying, Greetings, DGS cast. Once again, you guys know how to make an awesome podcast. Totally awesome you guys are able to get an interview with Seth. Thoroughly enjoyed the whole thing, especially his nonchalant response to when he realized the importance of the armor rarity and how his work with, with, was, was more or less thrown out the window and how he just laughed at himself. He's got a good attitude about his work, and it's refreshing to hear about. Also, when he was defining Ayat, the sound on the podcast went, away, went haywire, so I didn't hear any of it, any place. I couldn't find a definition. Anyways, keep up the great... Keep up the great times. You guys love you guys loving every step of the way. If any of you guys are on PS4, hit me up. There would love to game with some more with some lore nerds. And, and you guys, those shirts look amazing. Uh, so and he gave us his PSN ID and he's on Twitter. It's uh, Evan Schill, A V E N S H I L. Um, and I think I I don't remember if I I don't think I responded to him. I know I had to tweet that out the the definition of AOT a couple times and I think I emailed it to a few people but uh, I'm holding in my hand like I said the thing that's going to be in the books and uh, and we've actually got the definition of AOT on it so it is uh, this is what Seth said that was kind of garbled and it was uh, it's actually in a uh, wasn't it on a reddit post or something I think but um, it is this is it, and its purpose is expression. Its meaning is the invocation of what it is. Its mission is to draw the mind and make an incision of curiosity. 
and to be that incision which is a question and its own solution, to make one hunger for an answer whose answer is its own wanting. Ayat. This is it. It is that utterance. So I hope that came through clear. There is no, there is nobody who writes like Seth. Like he is so good at stuff like that. Oh man, and his, I'll tell you what, the the traitor Baruch Cormorant is no slouch, man. I mean, yep. if, it, it's good. It's it's so good. And uh, I hope if you're listening and enjoyed reading and hearing about the books of sorrow, that you'll give give that a chance. Pick it up. You know, I I think. Uh, I think they actually had it at my local library too. Uh, I was able to, to I think, uh, rent it there, and they also had I think the the audio version. So if uh, you don't have the means to buy it, and you have a library nearby, check it out. See if you can find it there. It's definitely worth the read. So uh, anyway, congratulations, uh, Ryan, and we'll be getting in touch with you, getting some details, and. Uh, and, and we're super jealous of you. Now. We are yes. super jealous. Holding this thing in my hand, um, I think I joked about, you know, I'm just going to go buy another copy and I'll forge Seth's signature and send him <laughs> that and keep the original. But no, definitely not doing that. It's uh, it's awesome. It's one of a kind. Well, maybe not one of a kind, but uh, it's it's definitely unique and, and it's uh, such a such a cool gift. So thanks, Seth, for donating that and congratulations to Ryan for, for winning that. Um, we will be back next week. We don't know what we're going to be talking about next week, but we will be talking about something. Uh, you can find us. I don't think I said this at the beginning, but uh, if you want to email us about this show or other shows, you can email us at destinyghoststories at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at dghoststories. Uh, we're on Facebook, I guess, and uh, you can find <laughs> us on there, even though Beta holds those keys to that kingdom. Um we also have uh, our fan chat still still going strong, uh, so if you're interested in joining us on Slack to and and other like-minded lore folks, uh, just shoot us an email and we will get you added there. We got some awesome new um, an awesome new integration. Uh, one of the guys over in uh, Crucible Radio's Slack built this gunsmith integration for for Slack that. You can type in your gamer tag, your console, and either primary, special, or heavy, and it'll pull back whatever gun you most recently had equipped with all the perks and stuff. So it makes it so easy to, to in one of the channels we have for, for guns and gear, to uh, to pull up your guns and, and share you know the the most recent or your your favorite gun with the rolls and everything else. It's so neat. Um, so thanks. I think it was. Uh, Dragon, you might remember it's, it. Wasn't it Crazy Bobbles that that made that? I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So thanks to him, um, and uh, and we integrated it here and over in the, the Uprising uh, chat as well. So it's it's really fun. It, it makes it's it's a it's a novelty, but it's it's really makes things easier to 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 use. So it's it's a pretty Sp- awesome. Spam it over thing. and over. All you'll ever see is my hung jury and my bolt caster. <laughs> yep (laughs) but alright well that brings us to a close thanks everybody for joining us have a good night I forgot two things unfortunately yeah no go ahead shoot no just about uh, Kondrachuk the dude 
He wrote a book. He wrote a book called Conquest of Interplanetary Space, which is awesome. Also, uh, the Congress, he wrote that in 1925. Whoa. Uh, And there's also a crater on the moon called Kondratyuk's Crater on the plane of Fermi, the Fermi solution. Uh, Also, 3084 Kondratyuk is a main belt asteroid in the reef. So maybe there's an awoken outpost out there. (laughs) That's it. That's all I got. Nice. (laughs) So conquering space in 1925 and shooting x-rays in 1895. There you go. Covered it. We covered it all. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this has been your podcast about turn of the century space exploration and radiology <laughs> and random people we see in the tower yes yep. ninjas and nes mega man nes and the and the other spud <laughs> gapple's ugly face hey hey wow <laughs> yeah we need to put a we need to get tweet that out i guess so all right thanks everybody we will somebody, uh, somebody should write a slack plugin that just shows off the face of your character Ooh, gross. <laughs> we will see you next time. Have Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye, everybody. So I'm, I'm sitting in the tower in the future war cult room, just chilling on a couch, gazing at Lakshmi. <laughs> and um, this random person just came in and like visited her and then like looked over at me and waved and just sent me a message. It's like, I'm listening to your podcast right now. Thanks for the lore. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no, that's awesome. Just that is crazy. <laughs> All right, I'm going to come into your game just to fucking sit by you on that couch so we can find fans. <laughs> like, we're recording right now, bitch. I know. Right? Like, what? That should be like our pre-recording. Right? <laughs> that is just crazy. Going, we, all, we could all go sit in a room where we talk to Deej. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go stand next to the dead orbit. So when he comes down the stairs, he'll see me. <laughs> I gotta show you this. I, I had to record this because it was just so funny. You ever have those guys that come at you with the sword and they got their shield up and they're just like think they're badass? Like, yeah, I'm just gonna go right up to you and fucking stab you up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I that's this. me. <laughs> yeah, I countered this dude so hardcore. It's fucking hilarious. I'm backing off of this dude, shooting a little bit, and he's got his shield up, and I threw the trip mine right at his feet, and he walked <laughs> past it, and it blows up and, like, just catapults his ass straight up into the air right over my head. It just goes <laughs> flying past me. It's hilarious. Jeez, the reload on that pulse rifle. Oh, yeah, that Nerwins is a beast, man. I love that gun. I told you, man. It was classic. I saw that and I started laughing. I'm like, I don't even care if I die. I gotta, th- I gotta record that. The dude went straight up. I mean, he like comes at me. He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, whatever. Boosh. <laughs> oh man, he flew up in the air. <laughs> Just launched him. Oh, that's so Why, good. When did Future War Call get ninjas? Oh, jeez, I hit the wrong ninja. stick and I got off my seat. You Damn idiot. <laughs> Damn it. They're all ninjas. You gotta, like, sit carefully so my gun doesn't clip through or my, my skirt. No, your, your skirt was clipping through. 
Well, not from my angle, and that's all that matters. Oh, yeah, up here it's doing crazy things. If I angle my, my camera just right here, the smoke from the incense on the table looks like it's coming from my head. Nice. You yeah, he's toking head. it up with the... Uh, yeah. Why do you think I'm in the future war cult? We yeah. sit around here and smoke all day. <laughs> Have visions of the future, man. That dude is a ninja. What? Yeah, yeah all not three just of them like are. A, not just like a little bit. He's got like a fucking ninja headband on. <laughs> I mean, you know, I thought maybe like it was the hood or it was something, but no, dude, you can see a little bit of his scalp above that, so it's definitely a <laughs> Mr. Miyagi, Danielson headband thing going on. Can you look out that window right there and see the rest of the... Yep. Like I see drop slash down there. What up, buddy? I wonder if I can wave to you. No. I can see that huge fucking rocket right up there above your head. Hope that doesn't fall. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that thing, I don't think. It might or might not explode. If it <laughs> it falls. Look at there's a there's a whole there's a whole wall of rockets above Arakjalal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, that that's a good place for him. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna leave, and I'm gonna take all these rockets <laughs> with me. Yeah. You will have no rockets. When do we ever shoot rockets? This is how like we that. make orbits dead. Fucking kill them with rockets. Fucking ninjas on their iPads, man. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> they got all these, they got these like super old, rare documents on this table in front of them. They're like, "Fuck those things." <laughs> Can't play Angry Birds on paper. Yeah, no shit. Oh, man, up on now, my, now my skirt is clipping through the bottom of the couch. Damn it! You're not even sitting. What? I am sitting. You're not. You're standing. I'm you're sitting. St- you're standing on the fucking couch. I'm sitting on the couch. I will take a screenshot and show you if you really need to. You know what? <laughs> I need this. a screenshot. I can you, see myself sitting. You are standing <laughs> on the goddamn couch. <laughs> you read the intro already? Jesus. Now you just sat down, you motherfucking liar. <laughs> you just sat before I could take a shot. You... 15 minutes of outtakes. I was going to say, is this our, is this our outtakes? Yeah. Can I can I get a welcome, Guardians, please? And, and yeah, your skirt is like dragging the ground underneath the couch. It's <laughs> pretty funny. Okay. It's like jittering. <laughs>